It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. It's uh, it's really weird doing this <laughs> not in the studio. Um, we're in a different kind of studio. Um, we're still in a studio, just not ours. Yeah, we're in the gateway right now. This is episode 211 of the new Utah Podcast. Yeah, where are we? In the gateway, we just said. What we're the hell, dude? We're in a nondescript. Are you not paying attention? It's a secret location. Hey, you need to not yell in your mouth. <laughs> oh, I forgot. We are in audio format. I know we're in the gateway. We're Maybe just... you should turn me down. <laughs> yeah, we're in a nondescript uh, location in the gateway. The windows are blacked out. <laughs> That's <For> true. <laughs> 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 it's a photography studio, right? So uh, light control is important, but... Uh, this is the uh, what what is this studio normally so this studio is actually our studio this is your uh, photography studio yeah so um, we rent it from the gateway uh, uh, we have had a couple studios around town in the uh, last five years um, with city weekly building and a couple other properties around town and basically uh, we moved in here what three months ago maybe yeah just so in time we, for COVID we, Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time to pay rent with nobody coming in for photos. <laughs> that's, uh, that's tough. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. But we have uh, Steve Conlon um, and uh, uh, Paul Duane. That's right. So just make sure I don't. I mean, it just looks like Duane, but it could be something else. <laughs> you nailed it. We're in Utah, so. Yeah. Perkin. Dwani. <laughs> We've got Duchesne. Right. Is that so, like the Dwani River? It's Wayne. The D is silent. Dwane. <laughs> it's Une. Yeah. My it's parents une. weren't from Utah County, so. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's uh, episode 211. Um, we are on location. These guys are going to join us for the whole show. Uh, so we'll we'll get to know them a little bit better and and uh, what they're doing here in the gateway and what they do in their regular lives. Uh, it hailed again at my house. Yeah, it's I like, was worried about you guys. Did oh, you lose hail. everything? Because I saw some pictures of the size of the hill it, that you got. Three years in a row, we used to never get hail, and now three years in a row, we've gotten hail. In How's the, the garden in the spring? It was fine. Potatoes took a beating. There's no zucchini to kill like great big giant leaves, so we're good. Yeah, and the potatoes took a bit of a beating, but they'll be okay. Yeah, you're in right. Ogden, Steve. Did you get the same storm that the rest of you got on you know, Sunday? I, I actually live downtown. Oh, oh, um, I knew so, that. Though. Yeah, I, I saw. I knew late, that because you always um, post amazing pictures out your window. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, our, our um, operations are up in Ogden, and we uh, have a new little amphitheater on our place, and it was it was quite the lake. So Ooh. I know they. Got hard rain. What about you, Paul? Are you in Salt Lake? I'm out in the Twilla Valley in okay. Stansbury Park, and we got skipped on the hail. Oh, that's good because you usually so get hit out. with the snow. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. You definitely got the wind. We did. It was yeah. pretty rough. That it's pretty windy at our house, too. Holy crap, speaking of wind, I mean, it has nothing to do with wind, but uh, <laughs> so Sean sent me, uh, I don't think you know Sean, Jess, nope. but Sean, they were removing a friend, trees, friend, some friends of ours, uh, out of their front yard, and uh, they, the people dropped it on their house. Yeah. And not like a little bit, like serious roof damage, like through their house. So their tree removal's free. If you can see all of our faces right now. 
the video, like Sean got video of it happening, and he's well, like, just kind of laughing. When the off. video, from the video, it just kind of looks like, oh, that got a little too like close it, to the house. No, and then, it looks like it grazed the house, not like. And then Vanita the sent pictures to the ladies, and all of us are like, oh. like She's like, why couldn't it have fallen on my kitchen? That's what we're remodeling. <laughs> so, I checked on the Christmas trophy, though. It's fine. Oh, good. Christmas trophy is safe. Uh, so, yeah, that sucked. But our lilies did not really get hit. So That's they a first. Managed to, that is to, a first. To be they hadn't bloomed yet. I think if they had been blooming, they, they would have had done. a problem. But with those thin leaves, they didn't. Yeah, they were, they were pretty safe. But uh, what about the bees? How did they do after that? I'm worried that that I've lost them. Really? I haven't seen any activity the last probably three days. Mm-hmm. I wanted to open it up Sunday, but obviously with the typhoon going on, I couldn't. But I've got the little window, so I opened it up and looked in the window. I can't see any. Mm-hmm. Can you feel Did they any? get lost? I don't know. Lost their way in the wind? Well, do you think <laughs> Do you think that they died off with the storm, or do you think they left? I, I have a feeling they left because there's no dead bees. Maybe they're protesting. Maybe. Maybe they're down here. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully, yeah. they're doing it peacefully. Have you done anything to offend them? <laughs> I've probably done plenty of things to that offend really them. That really sucks, too, because they were doing super well. I know. They, they wintered. They wintered. The first batch they grew I've had massive. Years. Maybe they're just migrating. No, that's I don't just know. A, yeah. I Migrating don't know. to a new home. That's not Jeremy's beehive. I don't know. But yeah, I can't see I think see it's time to there. build a new home. I can't see any in there. So even if there's a few, there's not enough. Because yeah. that thing was... There had to have been. Well, and then the question is, is there any honey even in it? Yeah, I don't know. Because if they left... If they if, left and there's no honey, that means they swarmed. They, they, left, they, took they packed the all their stuff and left. <laughs> yep. yeah. That's oh, how they that's do serious. it. That's what they'll do. That's, so that's bees leaving. If this Sunday's weather is halfway decent, thanks for Close letting us get healthy. We're out. I yeah. mean, I don't <laughs> want to make you feel bad or anything, but my uh, housemate's beekeeper. Guess who has all his bees still? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably has all my bees. <laughs> Look, when you put them on top of like a twenty-story building, they can't really go anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, hopefully this weekend we've got better weather, and I'll check it out. But. I can't see any in the window, so I they're gone. think they're gone. If you if you can't see them and there's no activity, they're gone. Yeah. Just put send, up some posters. You know, <laughs> have you like seen on, me? Have you seen me? Exactly. Where's my bees? With your your phone number, you know, the little pull tab. Have you seen my bees? Jeremy, yeah. Ring app. Use the neighbor's portion of Ring app. Oh yeah. Have you seen my bees? <laughs> <laughs> bees are missing. Bees are missing. Just put someone stole my bees. I saw a suspicious person outside. <laughs> right. And then just show like a video of. Did you hear gunshots? I think someone shot my bees. Show video of the Amazon guy. Some stranger on my front porch. Someone, some, someone posted in my neighbors the other day. Uh, like this was like two weeks ago. Um, they're like, oh, the shots fired, and like saw the car speeding past, and they go to the video of their camera, and it's like fucking snowing, and there's like four inches of snow on the ground, and everyone's like, you idiot. He's <laughs> totally lying because that's it's not snowing. It hasn't snowed for months. It's a from yeah. way. They're just bored. Yeah, they totally are. Oh man, did you you did all sorts of exciting shit this weekend? I saw your Instagram. Me? Yeah, you. I always do. Not that's that's not true. That's a lie. Uh, I hopped in a Razor ATV and drove across town and went up Farmington Canyon. Um, in the rain. 
No, it wasn't raining when By we the way, started. That's not across town. You live in freaking Saratoga. No, it was, we were in we were in Layton. My friend lives in Layton. Popped in a razor and drove across town to Farmington. No, my friend lives in Layton. She has the razor. That's across Salt Lake Valley. Um. Anyway, so we went to the not the top because you can't you still can't get to the top because there's still snow up there, but we went pretty high, high enough that once we started to watch the clouds drop, which was amazing. I don't. I haven't really ever used time lapse except for when I was in Maui, but doing it with clouds is my new favorite thing. So if you follow me on social media, you'll probably see a lot of that going forward. Um, but we got—I mean, it was cold on on a Saturday, so we got drenched coming down the mountain in the open door ATV, <laughs> um, which was—it was awesome. Um, and then Sunday. So wait, can you really call it an ATV if you didn't go to the top just because there was snow? Well, we didn't try. Like we would have, we would have been out there way past dark if we. Yeah, had it's not really that. an all-terrain vehicle. It's a some-terrain vehicle. <laughs> no, this is you should have selective oh, terrain. No, you should have yeah. seen some of the That's hills that we went up yeah. that we had to like back down because we like we were. We so probably, it's we really like a dirt, a dirt terrain vehicle. Do you remember when we went with Lindsay and I almost turned the thing over and she was like, it's totally fine. If you roll this, it's fine. Yeah. A well-paved roads train vehicle. Yeah. 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 But it's really, I'd never been it's up basically there. basically a fake car. And yeah. I also didn't know that Farmington and Bountiful Canyons connected, which yeah. I grew yeah. up in Bountiful, so I should have known that, but oh, I didn't. it's an so, adult power wheel. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so then Sunday happened, and Sunday was crazy. My cousin and I and his little two-year-old always go for a walk in the morning, and we got about halfway through, and I just kind of looked up, and there was like dark clouds on the north and dark clouds on the south, and I hopped on the radar, and I was like, Nick, we we need to walk faster. <laughs> we need to get back to your house. And within probably one minute of us going on his porch was when it started to rain. And there was two very bright flashes of lightning and a very loud thunder. And it was very loud. And so I got, I got home and I was going to head to Salt Lake to see if the um, Wheeler Farm Market, because it was open, but they ended up closing. And on my way out, there was um, a life light landing. Did someone die by your house? No, he didn't die. Uh, Lightning (laughs) hit right behind them on the trail, um, just a couple neighborhoods over from my house. So that was exciting. Crazy. But anyways, he's okay. I mean, he probably won't be okay in the long run, but he's alive. So (laughs) Did he deserve it? I don't know him, so I can't say that. But. He, he lives in Saratoga Springs. Only people that, <laughs> and only actually people that deserve it get struck by It actually lightning. was in Saratoga Springs because it's like right on the border of Eagle Mountain, Saratoga Springs. Do you think so. God strikes anyone with lightning? Come on. All I did was replace my screens. I've tested the theory many times and I've Have definitely lost, yeah, I've lost my confidence in it. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you yeah. supposed to fly a kite with a key attached to it? I haven't done that, that yet. but I mean, that was Benjamin Franklin's thing. You have right? plenty of space in the Twilla Valley to do that. Right. I mean, I've cursed the name of the Lord in, in a variety of ways. <laughs> and uh, still nothing. Uh, made fun of him, his mother. Maybe you're just entertaining yeah. him. Like I, Maybe so. I was like, this guy's entertaining. I don't know. I'll just let him hang around until he bugs me enough. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, this guy really bugged somebody, but... He didn't get hit. It was like behind him, but it was just crazy that like all of that happened at, at like once because you mean, know it just was crazy. If he got morning. Life flight, he basically just got hit. 
it hit behind him and he had and he had like scratches up his side they said on the news this so morning just a bitch and then. the doctor said those <coughs> markings are exactly what happens when somebody's near lightning so, so he's just oh. a bitch then he didn't get hit he was just like oh, <laughs> no it completely knocked him out but you can keep saying that <laughs> He will. <laughs> I know. Look, lightning and a helicopter ride. Sounds right. like a pretty good weekend. It, it does, yeah. definitely. And then I finished digging up my back. Well, not finished. I have like a quarter left digging out grass, but in the mud was definitely an adventure. <laughs> so good times. Hey, speaking of the farmer's market. Ready? Farm, I almost ready. went and then that happened and I didn't go anywhere. Um, they were open when I talked to Petra from um, Petra's that I can't pronounce. Um, she said that the first like couple hours were really good, but they like that storm was brutal. Was, yeah, yeah. So they packed up and left because I messaged her and she's like, "We're leaving right now." So I turned around and went home. Could you imagine if the Pride Parade had been taking place at that time? Oh, I know. I because it rained last year, like in the afternoon. I don't right. remember if it was on Saturday it or was Sunday. On Saturday night, and that yeah. was it had like a crazy windstorm. But right. this weekend was like unprecedented for yeah. weather so it would have been nuts yeah um okay so farmer's market june i almost said january <laughs> there's a bunch june, of rules that make sense june 13th yes they That's have Saturday. done plenty of posts and they were even kind enough to go back and explain because people were too busy complaining instead of saying hey thank you for making accommodations for our local farmers and vendors to still have a place to sell during the summer well i think the like before we get to the rules i think it's worth do you have the explanation pulled up to read it oh my god it's so long it, it is <laughs> so i'll I'll, I'll, paraf- I'll paraphrase but essentially yes. I, I mean i have they, it if you want it but it's really long in, in order to get around um and get permits to operate the market at all so a big complaint was there's no art um but part of getting the permit they can't get mass gathering permits because they're not being issued right now which they have to have because if you've ever been to the farmer's market it's a mass gathering so they're operating as an essential business as a grocery store um but to do that they have to follow quite a few guidelines which includes you know spacing vendors out so there's a very limited number of vendors um you know and then no arts no art um so no buskers so there's going to be a lot of a lot of new rules. No sit and eating. But it's it's a way that like some of these farmers, this is a big chunk of their money that they make every year is coming to this market and selling their produce direct to consumers versus selling it to grocery stores or whatever. So it's it's really important to get out and support them. Um, but now you can read all the rules. You betcha. And I oh, just on that side note, I want to mention that they they have been working the the urban foods. Uh, Urban Food Connections of Utah, which is who Allison Einerson's with, um, has been working really hard with um, the CDC. They've been working with the um, Utah Department of Agriculture and Food and the Utah Leads Together plan. So it's not just them being like, this is how we're going to do it. Can I just say, I don't think the CDC has ever worked this hard in their life. <laughs> yeah, especially for something they don't know anything about I, I, yet. Well, I just, yeah, I mean, I just think the CDC has been so involved in so many things. I question whether or not they're actually involved in that many things. Because how many people can they possibly employ? Ten. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't, it doesn't strike me as the kind of organization that is capable of working with, you know. That's why they let the zombie apocalypse A thousand, happen. a thousand 
people in a thousand different organizations in Utah and 10,000 organizations in New York. And, but now everyone's working with the CDC very closely. I I'm not they, saying they didn't, but I think they just co-opt all the FEMA employees because uh, no <laughs> one's using them for anything. Not yet. Hurricane season's about to start though. <laughs> oh, it's, it started. It started. Maybe they just mean they looked on the website and read it really well. Maybe. All right. So here are your rules for going to the Salt Lake Farmers Market this Saturday and going forward for the next 20 weeks. And it will not change. Um, they've made it very firm that regardless of what happens uh, with numbers, this is just how it's going to be this market. So uh, don't uh, don't enter if unwell. Maintain social distance. Wear a face covering. Wash and sanitize hands. One shopper per household. Pay with card or exact change. Shop quickly. So they're asking you to make a shopping list and treat it as if you're going to um, a store. No gathering, no pets, and observe traffic flow. So my guess would will be that they will have like an in and an in and an out would be my guess. Yep, it's too bad that they don't post where the in and out is, or maybe they're I'm just sure, I'm they, sure will. they will. We haven't been. Well, I know, but like just so you know. So you're not wandering around the park going, they'll have the lots of signs, I'm sure. If they really well want prepared. this to feel like a grocery store, I feel like they need to sell hostess pies right by the <laughs> checkout. Yeah. Or candy bars. Yes. At each like. Or those <laughs> weird, those, those fruit leathers, but the those organic ones are actually pretty good. Yeah. But they'll the like thing is. Roll up it, horoscopes. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. like a grocery store if you think about it, because you're going to walk around the perimeter of the park, which if, if you go to a <laughs> grocery store. Which is where store, you should shop. That's really where you should be shopping is the perimeter of the store. They should be playing Barry Manilow, though. That way you get the real grocery store. But I think I think I'm gonna go with Chris. I'm just gonna social distance from him so that we can still go together. We'll just be two different people. No, I'm gonna hold your hand while I purchase stuff. That's the one rule I'm okay to break. Mostly they don't want like families. They don't want they don't want you and your twelve kids to be there. And husband and twelve kids and grandma. And your dog. And no going there to pick up on chicks. I mean, what if I want to pick up a that's chick? That's not on the list, actually. Oh, sweet. All right, <laughs> fellas. There's no six feet apart and you're wearing a mask. Why Game not? On. And there's no yeah. ban on pooping against the trees either. I didn't hear that. Nope. That will continue. Excellent. That will continue. Right. Every time I tell someone about that at the market, I end up inadvertently standing really next to it. really did happen, by the way. Yes. More than once. I, I'm like, I've told the, the story like three times to people at the market. <laughs> and then like... Within, He'll turn around. Within five minutes, I'm next to a tree, and I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. There's shit like halfway up the tree and <laughs> a pile like, down the bottom. Yeah, like yeah. they up against it, and you can see the marking where it fell down. There aren't any yeah. cop cars around or what? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Pioneer Park when the market's not there? I, I'm just joking. <laughs> joking about the uh, the woman who defecated on the cop car you know, during they, the protest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised she could do that on command. I, exactly. You know? Exactly. Most people are like, can't even do it with like people in their house, like even by the door. Well, let me tell you. Sometimes I can't do it for a week. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's a medical problem, though. Yeah. You just you just take some milk and magnesia with you. That just shows that it was staged and she was ready. She yeah. <laughs> she's been waiting for this moment. A few days. It was Antifa. Mm-hmm. But if you got a Steve, you need to change your diet. <laughs> A lot, more, of, a lot of truth to that. You need more fiber in your diet. <laughs> if you gotta, if you gotta go that bad, like driving to the protest, you're probably just gonna shit your pants on the way. Like I don't know how. <laughs> like 
I can't, I can't imagine a version of reality where she's like, I'm going to keep this one in the chamber just in case. <laughs> you know, like, it um, happened. Uh, we like, saw the pictures. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think that was, maybe she, maybe she had a lot of coffee. I don't know. And some bran muffins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to ask as photographers <laughs> just really quick. Do you How is feel... it taking a picture no, of a, like a Well, yeah, shit. but like, do you feel, I know that your photography is, is different and is very intimate because I have, I've seen both of your work, but like, do you ever feel as a photographer like you just want to get out there and take pictures of what's happening right now downtown the last couple of weeks? Or are you like, meh? <laughs> yeah. And um, one of the things I really wanted to take a picture of is that there's nothing happening downtown over the past few weeks. And we waited and waited and waited for some rain. You know, Steve and I were talking about doing some night photography, but uh, it didn't come until COVID ended. Yeah. So so for me, my background is actually, I was a photojournalist in the nineties. And, um, so I was always at big events, right. And, and there's still always at big events. Well, and there's (laughs) part of me that, um, when, you know, something like that is happening, I have this urge to go out and, and just document. Right. And I've documented a lot, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. women's March and just when stuff starts going on downtown, you know, it's just kind of my form of entertainment to grab a camera and go. Something felt different about this one to me that I just, you know, I, I just didn't want to be around a bunch of idiots is kind of what my mindset was. And, and I just opted out and I kept looking out my window. I live, um, you know, at 300 South in Maine and uh, I knew all this was happening about a block and a half away. And I keep looking out the window and I wouldn't see anything. I just, it just didn't look like that big of a deal. Then I'd see social media things. And I went, this just doesn't feel good. And so. I opted out this this uh, moment in time and uh, watched some Netflix. So my my <laughs> mom, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you at the beginning of uh, the quarantine though you did actually get some images that captured the the emptiness of Salt Lake. Sure, really there, well. there were no idiots. Yeah, in those like pictures. those. Yeah. You did. I think you really captured. <laughs> so it was that perfect. Really well. It yeah. was perfect. It yeah. was weird. It was surreal. I came downtown to help a friend mm-hmm. move, and he lived just behind the Greek church in those old apartments, and like just standing outside. And it was probably maybe only like a week after everything started shutting down here, and it was so weird. Like mm-hmm. it just was so quiet for a city, and. It was, yeah, sir, it was surreal. It was strange to come through town like on a Friday or Saturday night and have, you know, just look up up and down 4th South and it'd just be lights. It's empty. Yeah. You know. It's still not really all that different. No, tonight was surprisingly quiet yeah, when I pulled quiet. into town. Yeah. Like, um, pull, pulling into the gateway to park and like it being the parking empty. Parking was empty. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I stopped in to get gas at the at, at Maverick um, on Fourth South or Fifth South the other mm-hmm. night. It was uh, Saturday night. Normally a night, you know, ten o'clock, just chaos that and busyness. And 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 that's the, a the, huge. You're talking about the one right before the freeway entrance. Mm-hmm. That's a huge and, Maverick, right? And it's usually so so busy. And the most uh, salient sound that was going on was the sound of credit card beeps from like one or two people. Like it, wow. uh, it was just really kind of interesting. I just could hear the, a couple of beeps from the, you know, the, the credit card processing on the pumps. And that was kind of it on a Saturday night at 10 PM. It's so, kind of crazy. to think that, cause I don't think that everybody pays attention to that stuff. You know, it just, when I go about their business and to, I almost wonder if you can't help it though. Like I haven't been out tons. I live in the suburbs. I work downtown, but I've been working from home and so I haven't had much experience, but I, I almost wonder if you can't help it. Like it's so prevalent. It's so in your face, not in your face. Yeah. So living downtown, that's been mind blowing. In fact, you know, and Paul talks about these pictures I took. I went around on a Sunday morning 
when it's normally quieter anyways. And I knew it was just going to be vacant. And I mean, I took, and I took pictures of everybody I saw and it was like six people in Mm. like two hours. And you know, it was homeless people. It was dog walkers. And, and that was about it. That was all I saw. And this was, you know, this is a month ago or so. But what his was really fascinating is I overlook Main Street where the train drops off tracks, drops off right in front of like Keys on Main. Yep. So I can see right down there. There have been many times I've got been up in the morning. I look out and I see the train coming and I watch the doors open and not a single person gets off the train. And that is normally like that's in the weird. morning, that's hundreds of people, you know, and there's just nobody. Just the doors open, shut, moves on. You know, it's like <clears throat> ghost train. That's weird. That's it's weird. weird out in the suburbs. So we walk our dog about five o'clock in the morning every morning, and we have been doing that for a year. So way before COVID, and there was no one, like no one. People going to work, and you'd run into maybe like oh, five cars total all week or something. And then everybody was like, "We need to get out." And then people's schedules, I think, started getting all wonky. And then all of a sudden, we're like. Why are all these people walking their dog at five o'clock in the morning? Who are these crazy asses? Freaks. It was so weird. We're like, it was no, like literally we would never see anybody. Mm. And then we, we saw tons of people for a while. And I think people's circadian rhythms were off and people were staying up. Like my kids, when they were, when they used to live at home in the summertime, they, like their schedules would totally reverse because they'd stay up all night and then they'd sleep all day. And I think people were kind of doing that out in the suburbs for a while where, they were like, oh, it's five in the morning. What else are we going to do? Let's go walk the dog. Yeah. Or let's walk the dog before we go to bed, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did she mention we live in Kearns? <laughs> uh, meth is definitely a hell of a drug. My mom, like when the, when the, the night of the riots, the, that Saturday, um, I had people over at the house who were nerding it up. This thing's like all loose. Uh, we were nerding it up, and uh, um, she texted me, and she said, please tell me you're okay. I want to make sure with all the stuff going on that you're fine. And I'm just sitting in my house playing D&D with some friends. <laughs> like, well, no. the trouble is, is your mom is from Rock Springs. Green River. Or, I mean, Green River, Wyoming. 12,000 people. So, like, everything there is and so, right next to and everything else. I'm, I'm like, like, we're out in the suburbs, man. I'm, like, it's not even anywhere near me. I'm not worried about it at all. Like, she's like, please be careful. I'm like, it's, mom, it's 30 minutes away. Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, I tell you, I was a block and a half away. And when that cop that. car was on fire, I looked out to see if I could see smoke and couldn't even see smoke. <laughs> so, so it was really bizarre because I was getting messages from people too. Like, hey, are you safe? Are you doing okay? Is, you know, what's going on? I'm like, yeah. It was just a normal Saturday afternoon. I just place. turned Netflix up a little louder. It was <laughs> fine. crazy, and it's only like a block away. Yeah, yeah but that's it's a block and a half. It was so localized here, though, yeah. right? Because yeah, it was, it was only basically like, one intersection. Yeah. You know? It's interesting how the, the power of the frame, like a frame can create this idea that it's a citywide thing. And, right. Uh, but it's, I got to um, tell the story. Paul calls me at 645, and he's like, hey, I heard the protesters are moving towards the gateway. Do you want to go and make sure our stuff is safe in the studio and everything in case they start breaking out windows and stuff? And I'm like, 
well, I don't know, Paul, it's pretty calm out there. <laughs> has and has I, been all day. I was out of town. Right. You know, right. I, I just got a call from a yeah. concerned friend like, I heard it's going crazy in downtown. I'm worried about so, your studio. But we had you targets know. closing around the valley. Like. So, well, so I get in my truck and I think, I'll just, uh, you know, Paul, thank you, buddy. You got me all freaking psyched out. Now. I'm just going to say you're not so, able to do yeah, my exactly. Netflix. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do for the next three hours but worry? So I get in my truck and I drive up to uh, 200 South and West Temple. And, you know, a couple people milling about, and I turn left, uh, you know, west, coming towards the gateway, and I see a baby in a stroller being pushed. <laughs> I'm going like, yeah, it's pretty dangerous out here. You should have totally taken a picture of that baby and been like, it is terrifying. They're so coming. Then, then, They're I get, coming. then I get to the gateway, and I start driving up the, the, the road right here, just from this corner, you know, down by, you know, in front of Victoria's Secret. And I shit you not. Family of about eight in their Sunday best doing family pictures out in the gateway. I'm going, you guys know there's a riot going on down there? You know, it's like. <laughs> so I drive back and I thought, you know what? I'm going to drive back and see what's going on because, you know, this, they imposed a curfew and there's helicopters flying around. And I go down just past the Broadway theater, that intersection right there. There were probably 200 people standing there, all staring at the sky. Just watching the helicopters fly over, I went, "Wow, this is uh, this is a boring Saturday night yeah, that's in Salt as, Lake." That's as, as busy <laughs> yeah. as it gets in Salt Lake. Yeah, I, so. I remember back in the, the Olympics, uh, two thousand, uh, and they had the the crowd problem at the Galvin Center. So they had over at the Galvin Center was the beer garden for the Olympic Village or for the Olympics, not the village, um, and. There were way too many people. Like they had over, like severely underestimated, and they were like, "Okay, we got to stop beer sales. We got to shut this down. There's too many people." And all these drunk idiots are like, "You can't stop beer sales. We paid to get in here." And so they busted out the rubber bullets and started shooting people to disperse <laughs> the crowd. Uh, and that was that was a huge thing, but it was probably just a couple hundred people then. Right, but that was a reaction to the whole Atlanta bombing thing just years oh, yeah. before, oh, yeah. where they didn't want people. Yeah, there was a lot of fear around the Olympics oh, yeah. at that time. So that was a, that was a, I had a so my office is on uh, it's between Fifth and Fourth on Fourth East, not for not the famous Fourth and Fourth, but the other Fourth and Fourth. And I guess a coworker was there working and she was just totally freaked out. And the next night they like sent everybody home early. And I'm like, is it really that? Bad? She's like, I could hear the helicopters. <laughs> Dude, you're on the other side of the police station right next to library square. What do you think you're going to hear them? <laughs> right. You're, and what the hell are you doing out there working that late anyway in the office? We have the ability to work from home. Go sit on your ass in your house. <laughs> that has yeah. gotten annoying though. Helicopters. What, you don't every like the Blackhawk flying over your house every day? Every night, all national, week. Well, just come live out in Kearns. I live by Airport 2. Uh, yeah. I'm out by Camp Williams. <laughs> yeah. uh, airport 2 has I don't the, even... You probably air, get it airport, from for Dugway. Airport yeah. 2 has the Apache wing for the oh, National really? Guard. Okay. And so... All right, I'll be nice then. Bring, yeah. Bringing it back to... No, it but if to, it's not your environment, it yeah. definitely yeah. is not settling. Yeah. Plus, but I live sure. in the flight path for the regular airport and by airport... like. I don't even hear things. In fact, it was weird when they had kind of shut a lot of the airports down. And then I heard some of the first, like... When commercial airlines weren't flying overhead right. and you never hear that sound. The, for then, the first, like, day or two I did, I was like, yeah. why am I noticing? Oh, because they weren't flying before. Because I don't even notice them. Yeah, you get used to it for sure. Yeah. I'm the yeah. same way with the tracks train. I mean, I can actually feel it vibrate the building that I'm in. But I don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's my alarm clock. If I wake up and the, the it's light outside, 
but I haven't felt the vibration of a crane. I know it's like too early to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn son, you're so lying to me. <laughs> yeah, so the the protests are still occurring. They're not riot protests. I mean, that was just once here in Salt Lake. And I actually think the decision to impose the curfew through Monday morning was a good decision on the part of the, the police and the mayor. Um, I think the curfew the rest of the week was probably stupidity. Yeah, but they ended it on Wednesday. Yeah. But I I struggle with curfews as a whole just because that's, you know. We I felt 13 again. Well, we don't live in a fucking yeah. police state, yeah. right? Like, we, we live in America. We don't live in, you know, a, a, a state that, that, that has that kind of power. And so to put a full curfew down like that and essentially institute martial law is a little crazy. I get the Saturday night. No, everyone, here's a curfew. You're not coming out on Sunday. You just need to pack it they up. They didn't need bow and arrow man back out there. <laughs> Dumbass. But, you know, I, I kind of get that. But, you know, that's I think that probably helped de-escalate a lot of this, this sort of chaos that was happening here, what minor chaos there was. Um, I, I don't think that would have flown in any of the other cities because they're not full of, you know, good behaving citizens. And no, and I think that, was it? Tuesday night that um, they had a protest where they stayed out past curfew mm-hmm. and someone kind of negotiated that with the No, crowd. it was on Monday night because I was night. listening okay. to the police yeah. scanner for like okay. three hours yeah. and, and so it was incredible they to kept, listen. They kept po- protesting till about 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and the curfew had been at 8. But all I saw on social media was what a great leader. The, the guy had controlled the crowd and, and negotiated with the police and, mm-hmm. and kept it under control. And I think that that's that kind of changed the sense of what these protests needed to be in the city. And I I may be wrong, but I don't think there's been much vandalism or anything since that night. And, and it sounds like, to me, that really made a difference. No, and that's yeah. how things are starting to turn nationwide now. Because I think people are... I think the, the valid protesters are saying we're not rabble-rousers and you know, looters and they're calling those people out and they're bringing them to the task when they catch them doing that kind of shit, the vandalism and the looting. Now, if we just get the cops to do the same thing, right? <laughs> well, it's, one it's, day at a time. <laughs> it's really hard to get cops to do that when you put automatic rifles in their hands or semi-automatic assault batons. rifles in their hand, yeah. metal batons, uh, tear well, gas, rubber They're getting bullets. trained like if you shoot, shoot to kill. And you tell them to show up in force with riot shields. Uh, you can't talk to someone behind plexiglass and a face shield. What kind yeah. of meaningful conversation? Yeah, they go there already on the defensive, uh, expecting something. I ordered Thai food today between with the plexiglass and a face shield between us. Huh? Yeah, how'd that work for ordering? <laughs> Fine. Yeah. They beat you with chopsticks. <laughs> they, I mean, how much capsaicin did they put in it? <laughs> but you know, um, I was going to say though. I, I had Ben Winslow from Fox 13 in here on Sunday for a portrait, and uh, uh, he said that the police with them have been really good. You know, he had nothing but positive to say about how they've treated the press, and that's not the case in other cities no, either. No, it's not. It's right. not yeah. I think we have we have a much different police force here overall, right. I think. 
Uh, I think we do have a much more respectful one. There are bad apples like the jackass that decided to fucking push the old man down. Right. right. You know, but again, in that case, you saw two other officers go help him. Back sure. Up sure. Basically tell that guy to and I mean, the guy was old. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need old people. You need right. a cane. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. you walk like a normal person? Don't come to a protest if you can't handle that. <laughs> That's why I sat at home. Come on. <laughs> and I, I mean, he didn't look like he was at the protest. He looked like he probably like was out for a walk. For he, ended up, he ended up there and he's like, he's like what? it looked like he was texting right. somebody urgently. Come get yeah. me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know where I'm at. There's a family down in Kearns looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't look for our old people in Kearns. What's the, what's the old people alert? The Amber Alert's the kids, but you get the old people. The silver. The silver, silver. alert. Oh, really? Is is it silver alert? Yeah, you, don't nice. get, you don't get Amber Alerts in Utah right now. <laughs> they disabled them for a while because they're. Oh. I turned mine off on my phone. I couldn't. They're not using them the properly. Protest alerts and everything. Yeah. Else. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Being in Salt Lake, you probably got yeah. tons. Yeah. After that last uh, child custody disagreement, you know, I turned off my. Amber well, alert they sure. they actually they <laughs> yeah. actually stopped using Amber Alert in the state of Utah as a result yeah. of that one because it was basically incorrect. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's nice when the response to that Amber Alert a day later is, "Yep." Uh, she's in California. I'm her attorney. Feel free to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> so there really is a thing called a silver alert, though. Yeah, yeah. Old people. People. Yep. Learn something new every day. Where do I sign up for that for when I'm lost? <laughs> Steve, you know so many people, you will never be uh, lost. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the protests are continuing. I mean, in Salt Lake, the obviously um, George Floyd's still a big part of it, but there's a couple other folks, you know, Breonna Taylor, which was in Kansas, I think, or Oklahoma City. Um, I can't remember where she was from, but uh, she was, that was a crazy story. So she was, uh, served a no-knock warrant in her house for drugs. Uh, her boyfriend, I think, shot and actually hit one of the officers doing the no Okay, Louisville, yeah. Doing the no-knock warrant. They shot her eight times in her own home on a no-knock warrant. The, the boy, Through her wall. Yeah. yeah. The, the boyfriend was arrested for, you know, firing at officers, but he's got a pretty damn good case of self-defense because you entered on a no-knock warrant. What does he think is going to, you know, right. what, if he's an armed dude, like in the state of Utah, you enter on a no-knock warrant and there's a good chance you're going to get shot, right? Right. So, and that's kind of what happened there, but they shot her eight times. Right. Almost killed like a neighbor child too through yeah, the wall. Like that, stuff. Yeah. Like just it's crazy. Bad. Like what are you doing? Like no narcotics warrant is worth that. Like nope. no, there is no amount of drugs that's worth going in and just shooting a bunch of people up. That's just crazy talk. And then, um, there was the, the guy here two weeks ago that was running away and was shot. 20 shots fired at him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bernardo, um, Palisos, uh, Carbajal. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing. Mm. You know, that, that same thing happens to you, Steve. They don't shoot you. You're running away from them. I guarantee it. They'll just tase your ass. Right. Probably. They might not even do that. I can't even run, guys. They'll catch up to you, guys. <laughs> that's what'll happen. I can't, I can't even run. I'd be like, lady, have your purse back. All the other things they have at their disposals, they all have tasers on their sides, on their hips. Right. There's, there's less lethal ammunition between bean bags and rubber bullets. There are canine units. None of that got used. Regular old bullets from a dude that's oh, running away. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I, there, there definitely needs to be change. Um, you know, I don't really like our senators, but uh, Mitt Romney won a lot of points with me uh, this last week because he, 
he protested for Black Lives Matter in D.C. Um, and not not in a you know super photo oppy sort of way. He did it, I think, in a in a very real way. I agree. And that's that's uh, not something you see often. Uh, and when he spoke about it, you know, he was very sincere and he wasn't afraid to say Black Lives Matter, uh, which is a uh, that's a really big thing to me uh, to hear someone not be afraid to say that. Well, you're in the minority of Utah. If you saw that poll today, minority of Utah um, does not like what Mitt Romney's doing. I know, uh, and, and favor and favor Trump, which is crazy. I saw that two thirds. Crazy two thirds. Yeah, yeah I, saw I just that. don't. I don't see how a, such a religious state. You know which one third doesn't can get behind. So ones that are having to go to the food bank right now, because a third of Utahns right now are not. They don't have enough to eat. Mm. So. I mean, you tell me. Well, that's, I, I don't understand Utah in, in terms of the majority. It's a little. I think that's a great point, though, on the religious side. I mean, how can you claim to be have some piety to yourself and then, you know, choose between those two people? Come on. You know, that's that's never made sense to me to any any of the even the TV evangelical people like, OK, you are claiming this this Christian belief and he's like the antithesis of that. Like you you can't get much further away without actually being like a a, a felon that has been in prison for whatever you've been in prison for. Like you he is just the poster child for what not to do if you're a proper Christian person. And have, they're like right behind him because he's Republican. Have you read the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> That guy was a dick. Point. <laughs> yeah, he killed his own fucking kid. <laughs> Lots of them. Yeah. A whole planet of them, except for Noah and his friends yeah. and all the swingers at the uh, yacht club. Yeah. But they weren't white. They weren't white, though. I don't know what they were. They weren't white. But they didn't die. They just kept partying. That's where Florida comes from. <laughs> they, they found it. <laughs> they been there for a long yeah. time. The, indigenous, the indigenous peoples of well, Florida. And what's Jesus was a swinger. Huh? There's a man <laughs> thought about that. What's more Florida, Florida man. Th- think of all the times that he asked people to fucking kill their kids. Like he's like Abraham, take your fucking oldest kid up to the top of this mountain and fucking just cut his throat open for me. He's like again. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I will. I don't. I don't know why you're having me do this. Like there were a lot of fucking serial killers in the Bible. <laughs> all right, guys, we're cutting our wieners for the Lord. All right, that's the plan now. <laughs> Hashtag I mean, for the Lord. There was there were generations of people that were slaughtered in the name of God during the Holy Wars in the right. Middle Ages, right? Like so. <laughs> I, I think call, calling a person a religious person is a low low standard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not a super religiousy person, so I'm, yeah. yeah, you're not setting a high bar for people when you call them <laughs> religious. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's 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 kind of true though. Like but maybe it's we, I think we've crossed this threshold in society where the religious uh, God, I'm gonna, my family's gonna hate me if they listen to this, but yes. but we've really crossed a, a threshold where the religious people are the bad people. That's that's scary. They're you know they're they are no longer holier than that, and no they're way. willing to accept that. Right? Yeah, they can just. At least they it. used to be holier than now, and you go, you know, they do leave a pretty good life, and they may be slightly holier than I am, but now they're not. 
Now they're assholes. Now they're I wonder if it has to do with that <laughs> suspension of disbelief that you have to do to just kind of have a, a belief in a certain religion. Like there are certain things mm-hmm. you just have to. And so you've just, they've just gotten so used to doing that. They've just suspended the. I don't, I don't, I mean, I have, I have very, think that's a thing. it's a habit. Like, it's like watching a movie. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, uh, uh, that's all right. I'll just ignore that part. Right. Let's fast forward through that part. Or like, like I'm not into fighting. Like it's not a thing for me. I don't like it. So like if we watch shows and people are like having a big old fight, I'm like, gee, I wonder what's going on over here. And, you know, and I'll just like flip through my, I think that's what they're doing. They're just flipping through their phone during the parts they don't like. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. Well, in the vein of not supporting Trump and Romney, neither, well, Romney's not up for reelection and Trump's unopposed on the Republican side, but primary ballots are going out. They sure are. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I did get mail from President Trump, but I haven't opened it yet because I kind of want to just send it back with a big F you on the front of it. Return to sender, please. If he would ever see it, it might be worth I got it. a text I know. from my good friend Trent Christensen today. He oh. says that our basic liberties and values are at stake. How'd you get signed up for that? I didn't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> but so so those, the ballots the ballots are going out to registered Republican voters that have um, valid. Basically, most of the state actually has something because the governor, right? The governor ships up. Yep, it's the first open seat for governor since two thousand and four. The first open seat for Utah won since two thousand and two. So that's what Rob Bishop. Yeah, um, so. and he's, then he's on the governor, and then the primary uh, for for yeah. District Four for uh, right. Ben McAdams to uh, unseat Ben. Which, after watching that debate, none of those fuckers even have a chance. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I'm curious. We had we, we had Ben Adams in here for a portrait a couple weeks ago. Super good guy. Yeah, I that this this is the one place where I I struggle. This is you know. Um, Jim DeBasis. This is just the one place you just. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you know, Jim DeBasis. Jim DeBacus, Secret of Kearns. <laughs> Jim DeBacus has been pretty upfront about this, and we've talked about this on the show. Like, you should really register Republican in this state because this is the ballot that's actually going to be determining. Because we're not going to have a governor. Look, the Demo- Who can tell me who the Democratic candidate is? Chris for Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. God damn it. But most people don't even know who it is. Right. right, and and it doesn't matter if he's a really big name. Chances of us electing a Democratic governor in the state is pretty damn slim to none. And so, really, the race is right now. You know, between Huntsman and and Cox and which Republican? Not do you really want? Bishop. Yeah. yeah. Hughes, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I don't remember what I was listening to. I was trying um, not to say Greg's name. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that was my fault. Um, <laughs> But the governor race has been a big deal. But after the debate between um, Reyes and um, Levitt for the attorney general, that was the conversation that that's the reason that you should be registering to be a Republican is because of that race. I missed get that. Reyes out. What, what was your take on that? I didn't see it. I just heard the aftermath of it. And basically, Levitt swept the floor with Reyes is what I heard. <laughs> But nice. I'm not I don't I didn't hear it, so I can't give okay. my own opinion on that. But that's what I heard is yes, of course we want to be voting for the governor, but that's the one that we really need to be paying attention to. But that's my struggle. I really can't do it. I can't register Republican and then I can't switch back to Democrat. I'm doing it. It's it's tough. 
I was libertarian though, so I'm just moving one seat over. Just <laughs> one. You, know. you were like <laughs> from the teenage table to the adult table for You're a like, second. Well, I no, didn't get to vote no. at all. It's not quite the kids' <laughs> table. <laughs> it's going to be really weird for Paul because his vote used to not matter at all. Right now, it's going to have an influence, exactly. at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I listened to yeah. all my Democrat yeah. friends talking about this, and I thought maybe, maybe I should do this. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of um, Cox opting not to debate? Have you heard that story? No. Um, last week, he said that he wouldn't participate in the debate coming up um, in mid-June. Is this the one that's supposed to be in eastern Utah? That I'm not sure. Okay. But that's an interesting choice because hmm. I think Cox, to me, is the best candidate of the four. To me, that's a disqualifier. That's interesting. I wonder what can't his... can't stand on the stage. That's pretty weak. But yeah. he has, yeah. but he hasn't, and he hasn't given a reason why. Probably because he's going to get his ass beat again in the debate. Because he did not do well last time. I think he's like Jerry Seinfeld. I choose not to race. You know, (laughs) I mean, I I watched pieces of that last gubernatorial debate, and I don't think he did great. Interesting. So, I'll tell you who else didn't do great is our buddy Burgess. (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) that primary debate for four. None of them did well. No, let's be honest. Anyways, Uh, well, that's okay. They can do really bad because I don't want any of them to win. Yeah, I think they'd ha- they're, they're going to have a tough time beating uh, in in the, one of the most gerrymandered districts in the country, in my opinion. I don't yeah, know. After all of the feedback that we got on our episode last week, I feel like he might have a good chance. Though <laughs> well, people like Burgess Owens, people well, like football players, right? It's I don't I don't know that from nineteen eighty three. Yeah, they don't care. Sports people are weird. Like they can remember all these weird statistics, and they can't remember to like change their socks. So. They're like church people. <laughs> yeah. They are. It's just another religion. It's another it Sunday. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Except this one's longer. You get to take naps during it and drink beer. And none of them get to partake in either right now. That's right. <laughs> That's a fact. I'm kind of sad. I don't know if you can see the jersey that I'm wearing. I'm missing soccer Aww. quite a bit right now. Um yeah, but I feel like soccer, okay, so soccer's a real sport. I, I'm not saying that it's not, but here in America, it's still like the alternative sport. So yes. like around us, we have the two gay gentlemen. I'm not sure if they're a couple or if they're just friends that are behind, that were behind us for a while. And then we have the bearded oh, it's folk. not two. There's like 12 of them. No, <laughs> they're ones that are there the most often. They're the nicest ones. And then you have like, there's like families, like the, the couple that have the two little kids and like, there's just everybody around us. There's, there's a disabled daughter with her older parents and then they're like abled children that like have a seats together in front of us. Like we just have this whole conglomerate of like, you just look around, you just pick a, pick somebody, but you can find a black person, a Mexican person, a, a gay, straight, you can only find transgender, like two Mexican people at soccer games. Yeah. There's like very many being being uh, a like a white cis male, there's kind of like the minority. So I I I, I guess that's why I kind of get behind soccer. Is it just it feels so inclusive? Like they don't. I have yet to have anybody get get mad about anything real, like racism. Like they just get mad. Like somebody once told me that I need to be quiet because she had a headache. I'm like. You're in a stadium full of people, so... Which is why they can't have soccer. Because they're all sleeping. (laughs) No, soccer is exciting. You just have to be in the right section. If you're in the section where everybody's just sitting there, then it's boring. You have to be in a supporter section where everybody's chanting and yelling and... No, you don't, because it's great on TV, too. 
I don't watch it on TV. So yes, you do. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Only watch it let when me, you have people over. Let me tell you this story. This is when I knew. This is when I. This is important. This is critical. It's not is, important. I'm not. This a soccer is how fan. I knew that I had turned her into a pure soccer fan. I'm not pure. We went out to eat. <laughs> we were eating at uh, like El El Ranchito or La, no El Rancho Grande. El, El Rancho Grande. This shitty Mexican place in. It's Korea. not shitty. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> We're in there. It's like they a, make their fried ice cream out of real fruity pebbles. I'll have you know. It, what? Yeah, it's That's like amazing. But it's like a it's like a Thursday night or something. It's not even the weekend. We're there. There's like hardly anyone there. They've got TVs up on the wall, like every shitty restaurant does, playing like sports, soccer. And, in this case, it happened to be soccer. But we're a Mexican sitting there restaurant. Eating. I'm sitting there. She's in front of me. And she's not looking at me at all. She's looking up, and then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, oh, and I turn around, and it's like fucking Thai fourth division soccer, so like a triple A or a double A farm club for Thai soccer. She has no idea who's on the fucking TV, and she's cheering for a game. I wasn't cheering. I was just watching bad things, like, oh, that was a bad kick or yeah. whatever. I don't know. That, that's how I knew I still I can't tell offside, so I'm, I can't be a soccer fan. I have one more piece of breaking news. It's not really breaking, actually. It's from hours ago today. But we've talked about it before, and since there's more news, uh, even though it's not in Utah, it's still Utah-related. But Chad Daybell was arrested today because they found human remains on their property. And he will be... uh, His hearing is scheduled for Wednesday. I heard that. Glad you're all sitting down for that. Well, I know. <laughs> it's very important. Who's that? I just really, it's the two kids. That, that, that was my response. The crazy ass wife that they went to Hawaii. Their um, kids have been missing since September. And they're like, uh, my kids aren't on the planet and, anymore. And, and these two have like a point. checkered past of all kinds oh, of people Oh, I've been listening to podcasts about them, it. It is bonkers. It's like even way more bonkers than like, the media has been reporting. <laughs> I, I've only followed it very, very loosely. And from what I can tell, it's obvious he killed his kids. Obviously. Obvious. Yes. Obviously he did it. I only remember the name yeah. because Daybells were the photographers for my wedding when I got married and, to not him. And I just want them to document all of this and turn it into a lifetime movie because <laughs> it, it's it's so, be, it's just like you said, Paul, it's so beyond bonkers. Like mm-hmm. the relationships and like yeah, I'm only on episode one, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you nailed it with a lifetime thing. That is Ooh. the formula for all lifetime movies. <laughs> it is, exactly. Betrayal, affairs, religious, murders, uh, family cults. strains. Look, yeah. yeah. Look, Netflix just needs to film a documentary about it. No, I want it on Lifetime. <laughs> like, do you think they figured out, like, halfway through filming Tiger King, that they had what they had on their hands? Like, this, this amazing piece of... <laughs> <laughs> I I am I happy know. to say I have not seen I a have an second eye. of that. Oh my god! Oh my god! It What's is, wrong with you? You people? haven't lived yet, right? So you're thinking it's gonna like, make you feel so normal. <laughs> <laughs> you go into this thing thinking like that's why we oh, watch it's those just, things, right? Yeah. This is just a, a documentary about this weird fucking thing that goes on in the U.S. in particular, where people buy these tigers and keep them as pets, and it's fucked up, and like halfway through the first episode you're like that is not what this is going to be about at all nope and it just kept going <laughs> and it kept getting fucking crazier and crazier and crazier and you're like what the fuck is this weird feud between this ch- how she killed her fucking husband and guess and what and now she owns she the got property. the tigers it just keeps getting weirder i've been thinking about joe in prison i can't imagine oh, dude, he's he's, you're in prison Joe. Oh, oh! I thought, you, I thought you said you were thinking about Joe. <laughs> <in prison. laughs> 
that yeah, dude, that it's all about the punctuation. <laughs> Commas matter. Yeah. Yeah. He's appealing to the president. He's trying to get the president. Dude, to that dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Paul's like, what's Joe up to? Eric Jr. is like, yeah, that was a great, that was a great series watching him take. I want a tiger. <laughs> oh shit! It's evidently you get chicks that that's way. That's what he fucking got out of it. I want a tiger. I want a tiger. Yeah. I just well, you get chicks or dudes, whichever. You get people. Both. Yeah. I just realized in our family, I think it's just my mom and me because my ex husbands watched it. Both my daughters have watched it. You've watched it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a oh, good. Did you notice? Did you realize one of the girls that was um, in who's the the kind of um, Adonis type guy? One of them is from you into Utah. Those girls. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the weird elephant riding dude, the fat yeah, dude. Yeah, one of the wives. The guy that yeah. looks like me and has like Doc like Antle. Doc yes. Antle. Yeah, one of those. One of his. The blonde the doctor chick. of Paul's mystical science. The, yes, <laughs> yes. Turning over here. The uh, the blonde chick is from Uinta. But I'm just saying, yeah, nice. I think Joe's doing fine in jail because he is a. Ch- I don't know how because I don't see it, but he's fucking charming as hell because he had like a stable of young men. He's okay, Paul. And it yeah. wasn't because he right. was loaded. I'm sure. Like, no, he's got COVID. Did you know? What? Oh, yeah, I did yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. For real? Yeah, he was moved out of the population because of his COVID. Hmm. Yeah. That maybe, was about a, three, four weeks ago. Maybe, maybe the Not that I've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I heard it in passing. Exactly. exactly. I, I read the paper every day. I just want Joe I'm to I'm old school. I hope that he continues his music career. <laughs> well, you, you realize. <laughs> I know. Yes, okay. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. For, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm still in yeah. Oh man. I don't care if it's Millie Vanilli. His songs were awesome. And the videos. They're so right. I mean, that one scene where he's holding that handful of tiger poo. It know, really makes you wonder what you're doing with your life, right? Like okay, this guy this has is accomplished so much. Exactly. So much. Definitely. He's such a creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I built t- a whole fucking zoo. Right? <laughs> and what, what am I doing? Exactly. Watching him. That's ingenuity. Yeah. That's finest. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think his, his shows on YouTube were a little bit before his time. Because like Syphil and Ollie was right. like fifteen years too early on MTV. Well, what they say they got had like fifteen viewers at a time. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they had like no one. Like, <laughs> it, you realize like this feud they're having. They had like a. It's basically their friends. Like, it's kinda, yeah, it's kind of like my podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, five people listen. That was worth an hour. <laughs> it's just entertainment for you. That's how we do this it, it podcast. Yeah, we just entertain ourselves. Okay, so there's there's one other bit of really cool news uh, that I want to talk about, and then we'll we'll talk to you guys uh, in a little more depth. And this was just our intro. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. This is like an yet. hour in. Um, we no. ca- we kind of suck at the intro. So we, I, th- I think we've actually talked about this before. So um, I don't think that we have actually. So there's a there's a dude that lives down in um, San Antonio or yes. San Jose or something. Yeah, we shit. talked Santa about Fe, it. Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> so his right. his name is uh, Forrest Finn, um, and he just he's a he's like a a rich Tiger he's King, a rad dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's a Tiger King with no tigers. But he some some <laughs> years ago, like a long time ago, like ten, 10 years. eleven years ago, he decided to bury treasure in the Rocky Mountains. And he had some thinly veiled clues as to where it was. Um, but he put a whole bunch of, and he went back like basically every year and added to it. Uh, and the, his whole point was, I want someone to find it. I want people he was to trying to create adventure for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wanted people to get out into the woods and explore and be out yep. and about and walking and hiking and stuff. And thousands of people did. And some people lost their lives doing it. Two people it. died. Yeah. I wonder how he feels about that. 
I'm sure he's fine. Fucking people get hit by lightning. He's like, you died doing yeah, something right. cool. Thanks. Or, I mean, right. you're welcome. You're welcome. He's yeah. like, I'm not a cop. Come on. He's like, it's not. He's like, it's not DB Cooper's treasure, so it's Death real. Death by treasure hunt. Uh, That's a pretty rad it. way to go. Right? So. I wonder how their obituaries went. I, I hope like somebody passed, gave him justice. Passed away, causes incident to treasure hunting. Yeah. That's the bad thing about obituaries. A lot of times they don't say why people died. I just assume it was they killed themselves or OD'd on drugs whenever they don't mention the cause. <laughs> I, I assume the worst. I'm yeah. the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had a DVT that traveled to their brain. Mine's just going to say They're 97. Dead. They didn't mention it. And you're like... I bet math, meth addict. Total meth addict. <laughs> fucking heroin overdose. <laughs> it's the old guy the cops pushed over. <laughs> oh, man. Whoa. So, that dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was dark. I thought that was actually very funny. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's got to get a lot darker for me. <laughs> well, buckle so in. <laughs> we've, we've met Steve before and talked to Steve at Link. So, uh, Steve. You guys but have. I was a while. on the podcast. Right. Wait, you got to finish the story. What? Somebody found the treasure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so someone can't leave that. Like, come on. Someone finally found and it. And guess yeah. what? Somebody found it. It's okay. over a million dollars worth of jewels. Yeah, there's just tons yeah. of shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like they ancient they artifacts and they stuff. They sent him a picture of themselves with it. That's how he knows somebody. Yeah. But they haven't named him, and all they said is he's from back east, and that's in quotes. Well, it's back still. east. That could be like Colorado. Not a real place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Vernal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say the so, same thing no matter okay. where I was from. Yeah. Just, Just back, back east. east. Back east. From the west. Yep. Just, I didn't want you to leave the, everybody hanging on that story. That was, <laughs> everybody was about to run out their door to go find this treasure that's been found. <laughs> Twelve people died looking for found treasure. Don't kill yourselves looking for it. <laughs> so like three and a half years ago. We interviewed Steve, uh, right. uh, who's the proprietor of Ogden's Own. Yeah, distillery. CEO of, of Ogden's Own Distillery. Yeah, yeah, the CEO and other things, I'm sure. Uh, CEO just means other things, unless you're like a Fortune 500 company. Yeah, and that means you don't really do anything. <laughs> I, I certainly you wish. Either, you're either doing everything. I would everything, sign up for that job. You're either doing everything or nothing exactly, as a CEO. Exactly. I'm doing, yeah. You're yeah. in the everything phase right now. I am in uh, the everything phase. Yeah. You're in the everything Chief phase. Chief everything officer. Yeah. The nothing phase is whenever you just sit in meetings all day and make one or two decisions, but they're really important. Oh, so that's yeah. what you did today. I, I wish it were that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, hopefully was, it'll get there sometime for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a boat where nobody can reach me. <laughs> a, a slow boat? <laughs> slow boat, wherever. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you in just a second, yep. but episode 26, that's how long back that was. Uh, that's a long-ass time ago. In fact, I think you were in, that was one of the first shows that we did in my office, office the basement yep. of my house. In the basement. We have a studio a now. Office. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have a studio in the house now. Okay. That's not that tiny-ass little room. Um, I mean, it's still small because it's just in my house, but so it has a name and everything. That was what January of seventeen. Yeah, yep. that's yeah. a long so, time ago. Long time. That was when Josh was still on the podcast and not me. Uh, no, what episode? Twenty six. It was no, Josh. Had Josh quit. quit at twenty five. Twenty four. Huh? <laughs> so it was before. <laughs> it was before I started. I think it was mainly you two. Yeah, that I talked to. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was the three of us. Maybe Holly was with I us. Was I don't know. You were there, but I don't. Yeah, I don't remember you participating much. Sometimes she doesn't participate, and yeah. sometimes she participates all the time. Yeah, it's just how it works. I have to go back and listen. Maybe my memory. We call those lurkers. Right. Yeah. We no, call them lurkers, right. Jess. Not observers. Lurkers. Lurkers. 
Creeper. Yeah, stalkers. <laughs> uh, so we will catch up with you, Steve, uh, and how Ogden Zone's doing. But we've not yet met the man with two first names, Paul Dwayne. <laughs> That's actually a fact. That's why he's laughing. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's uh, Uane, right? Paul Uane. <laughs> <laughs> You shall go forth from this day and always be called. Is it Wane. cultural appropriation if you change your name to Wane because you just don't want to pronounce the D anymore? Uh, who are we appropriating? I don't know. That sounds like uh, there's got to be somebody. That sounds like a, like a Pacific Islander. Oh, because there's always yeah. somebody that's offended by or Native it, American. Sure. You could just be ambiguous. Like they're like, oh, where's that name from? And you're like, all uh, over. I could identify as a Pacific Islander. Where do you think it's from? <laughs> <laughs> I could. What? <laughs> Your face. And on, and on this podcast, for all anyone knows, you are because no one can right. see you. Maybe I am. Maybe you are. Maybe mm-hmm. you are. Something exciting is happening outside. Those are just a, it's just cars. Bunch it's of old cars. Riders. Yeah, much of low riders. Like caddies and yeah. stuff. Bunch low ride trucks. Bunch that of, was ugly. Bunch of Paul Zuane brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so Paul, um, yeah. what what month were you born in? This is the first question we have for guests these days. August. August. Oh, Leo. So, yes. Hello, Leo. That's, uh, that's you, Leo. July twenty fifth. Cool. Like the like the end of August, beginning of August. August 9th. Okay, so Halloween baby then. What do you mean? Your parents he probably... Liked, they like to figure out when you were Oh, conceived. when they did it? Yeah, nine months <laughs> Oh, yeah, before, for sure. Probably had right around Halloween. Yeah, definitely. They got married on September 11th and uh, got right to it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, well, yeah. I think every kid does the math at some point. How old were you all when you did the math on your parents? I haven't. You I haven't? didn't because You're I was... You're eight years old now. I didn't because okay. I was an IV baby, so I know me, exactly when I was... All right. Let, let, me, let me tell you, I found out this last year that... My uh, parents oh, yeah. got married when my mom was five months pregnant with me. Gotcha. So and you have an older sister. My, well, I, I've known that forever. <laughs> I have an older half sister. I've known that since I, I've got a picture of her from when I was like a baby and she was two. Um, so I've always known about the half sister. She didn't know about me though until this ah, last okay. year. Uh, but so if that tells you, like my mom has never once like. She's never said she got married before they had me or before they conceived me. She's always just kind of let that assumption out there, like, be like we were married. But she never said they didn't. But no, they straight up were not married. <laughs> they were like, and I had no idea my it's whole like life. It's like you were raised by the Tiger King. Uh, no. <laughs> my parents were married for like five years before I came around, so. Wow. Yeah. So, right, fellow Leo. So, I finally got bored okay. and had you. <laughs> sort of. My dad's kind of a dick. I'm not really sure why he decided that he wanted to have me. Well, My mom definitely wanted me, but I don't know about him. Well, he's not actually your uh, biological no, dad. No, he's so. not. Oh. Some random, apparently, Irishman, we think, so. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did the whole 23andMe thing. I don't know. This is several episodes a while ago or whatever, but I'm very distinctly my mom's child with with her knowing Spanish, like, everything American, about her. Yeah. Like, I know cousins, like, f- f- five times removed. I don't know. And so, like, I go and I go, oh, yeah, I know that person. Yeah, yeah you know, pops up the names. Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I know. So all of these people must be <laughs> related to whoever my dad is. And I had a little fun moment for, like, a day where I think I talked to a cousin. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they reached out to the uncle that they thought might potentially be my father, I never heard from him again. So I'm pretty sure I'm unwanted. 
skeleton. Well, maybe he shouldn't have jacked it's, off into a cup. It, yeah, it's not like he cheated on anybody. All he did was like, hey, yeah, I, I guess you're you going to have my sperm. I don't know how you can feel unwanted. The guy just put his sperm. Bucks. Yeah. He made his $20. <laughs> he got his taco money. Well, back when, I, back when I was conceived, it really was just them walking around the hospital going, you kind of look like the dad. Can you give us some sperm? Can, can you, in this cup, just... <laughs> Legit, like on that's command. what my mom. That's what my mom said. Was so like, it's like the lady on the, the car. Picture, yep. Like, mm, yeah, okay. That's yeah, you've got blue eyes. You're kind of skinny. They give you twenty bucks. Doofy looking with big ears. Okay, yeah. Twenty you're- bucks and a nudie mag. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody did that on the cop car. <laughs> it's a little harder to maintain that. It's actually easier to do that on it command. Is definitely yeah. harder. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Definitely harder to do that. <laughs> we have a, I think it's easier. I don't know. I mean, but I don't I know mean, if a woman could have done the same thing. And she's yes, it wouldn't show. have been it as have the theatrical. Yeah. No, I mean, some women it, it could have been. I mean, not to be sexist, but that would have been a man's job. What? What yeah. if someone yeah. would have done it while she was shitting on the car? <laughs> oh man, that's like a double, just a double some, home run. You're crossing some serious borders there. Where did this car turn? <laughs> Somewhere this car like totally yeah. like. So what do you, I mean, do you think like for the rest of the time, like the police force is like, all right, who's got the shit mobile today? Like, <laughs> no, that car's toast. Yeah. Was that the one that got lit on fire? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Of course. What else are you gonna do with it? <laughs> I'm gonna fucking drive it. Up that was probably- you know what? Maybe the protesters didn't start it on fire. The they cops. all just looked at each other and went. It was an under- don't want to drive this yeah. thing. One of the undercovers did it. Yeah. yeah. He just like. He's like, hey, dude, here's a can of gas. Can you? That would explain why there was not a lot of police intervention on that. They were like, oh, dang. Oh, stop the poop car from burning. (laughs) Also, we only know about Paul that he's a Leo. So that's where we're at. Okay, so your parents had sex around (laughs) Halloween. Yeah, Halloween date. Mm -hmm. Nine months later, were you born in Utah? Yes. So have you been here Were you born in, like, up here in northern Utah? Yeah, I was born in Logan. Born born and raised in Logan, Utah. Yeah. Very northern. Provo, North Provo. <laughs> Provo North. North Provo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We have all new terms today. I'm pretty sure. Were you born here in Utah? No, I'm from Texas originally. Oh, that's where Chris is from. Yeah. I think I'm the only Salt Lake owner oh. here. Like, I was legit born in Salt Lake. Do you know your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but he's cray cray. I did, I did find out, this was a few years back, I have a half-brother that's basically the exact same age as me. He's like... Is he six months older or younger or something like that? I don't know. He's a piece of shit. I've never met him. Wow. I found out. So he showed up on my dad's doorstep when he was like, I don't know, in his early 20s and was like, hey, I'm your son. Whoa. Wow. (laughs) And my dad's like, uh, are you sure? I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently he's been like, like he was shot and in ICU in the hospital. He was shot while he was in ICU? No, he was shot. That's what you just said. You said he was shot while he was in ICU. I'm going to take your mic away if you can't pull it away from your face. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hit you with it. She's like, don't worry, I'll be good. I I can hold the mic because we don't have that sixth mic stand to travel with us. She's like, I'll be good. I can hold it. But she keeps yelling right up. I told you to turn me down. I did. Turn me all the way down. <laughs> I bet I can yell loud enough that you can just hear me residually. In the rest of these yeah, I think so. I think we're picking you up on all six. Uh, so yeah, so you were you you were born here, mm-hmm. uh, raised in Logan. Yes. Um, so how come you haven't left? <laughs> I mean, well, speaking of children, I just, <laughs> 
I, I have too. And uh, they've definitely have kept me here in the state. So, so is that a? But it's like at some point it's a choice, right? To to be here and to to plant roots and. Yeah, you know, there was a point when uh, several years ago, I kept telling myself, as soon as the girls are old enough to get on a plane and travel on their own, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. But then, as they got to be about that age, I started really to definitely enjoying my time in Salt Lake. I, this city treats me super, super well. You know. I have a good quality of life here. So, There's nothing like the only thing that I would like to fix that is broken in my life here is the dating pool is like really, really small. But other than that, I love it. So did you go to college? Yeah. Where'd yeah. you go to college? Utah State. Utah studied State. psychology. So you stayed there. up there. I did. So, yeah. So I, I did the whole textbook Utah thing. I'm such a Utah poster child. I went on a mission, came home. Married where'd you go to your mission? Philadelphia. Married my high school girlfriend. Had two babies, divorced seven years later. I mean, I know you're all asleep by now. But, nope. Uh, you know, then, you <laughs> that know. Is, it's so, your story. Definitely not. <laughs> but that, that is a very quintessential it Utah is, story. Yeah. When, when people think of Utah, they Steve's think of polygamy. Right. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> when people think of Utah, they think of polygamy, but really the, Utah. The train hasn't come by yet. He doesn't need to get up. <laughs> people that, people that live here, that is, that is a very realistic, like big chunk of what happens in yeah. Utah. Kids get married way too damn young. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah, but it sets family. you up for a great 40s of existential I, crisis. Or, <laughs> or I'm in my 40s and my kids are already out of my house. Right. Now you can have your crisis and have fun with so it. So like, yeah. they're, they're like out of the way. my daughter just turned 20 and I was like... You know how you said turn you all the way down? <laughs> so my daughter just turned 20 and I told her, I said, no, think about this, sweetheart. So I was getting ready to marry your dad at your age. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, think about that. And when I was your sister's age, I already had your sister. She's like, and her friends looked at me. And I'm like, yeah, just keep keep on this yeah. path where you, where you are right now. Yeah. Just stay single. Just keep going. How do you end up in with as relevant and as much time in Salt Lake that you spend? How do you end up in Dewilla? Um. <laughs> On, I mean, I guess on I'm on I-80. the other end because I'm on, I'm in Eagle I-80. Mountain and, and I do the way. same. Yeah. So I get Just it. lucky. Just <laughs> No, you have to. Yeah. You have Home to have prices like are a lot better in Tooele. A nice, comfortable space and then be able to travel somewhere snow. to like. It, it, it was kind of do a. Things. No, I mean, it, it was kind of um I don't want to say maybe a bit of an accident. I had some, some friends that uh, had a room to rent and I'm a room renter kind of guy and. They lived out there, and they were dear friends of mine. And I, the time was right, and I thought, sure, let's try this out. Nice. And uh, I was a little, a little nervous about that, um, but I really, really love Stansbury Park. Like it's beautiful out there. Yeah. I, I don't actually want to leave. You know, I do miss being downtown. I've lived uh, most of my time in Salt Lake. I've lived like in this neighborhood, except for a couple of those years. But uh, yeah. It's really nice out there. They don't, they have, uh, like that mountain that runs between the Salt Lake Valley and the, the Twirl Valley, the Ochres. Yeah. It, it creates this really interesting barrier and, um, they don't have street lights out there because mm-hmm. there's an observatory. So all the stars are visible at night and it's quiet and really peaceful. And we don't have an yeah. observatory in Eagle Mountain, but it's, it's the same way. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And it's, it's 30 minutes to downtown. Yep. Which, when the weather's not sometimes. bad. Yeah, when the, exactly. It's 30 yeah. minutes to downtown from close. my house, too. <laughs> yeah, right. but it's, well, we live on the benches, so 
we just don't live on the rich benches. We live on the ogre benches. <laughs> so like we have a really great view. Right. We're up on the side of the mountain and, and from our house, like you can see the valley yeah. and it's quite beautiful. I, mm-hmm. I love living in Kearns. I know we, we joke about it all the time, but I've, my grandparents have lived there forever and I've lived in the West Valley area forever and I, I like living there. So did your active, activeness in Salt Lake, did the podcast come first and then you built your community in Salt Lake or were you already like involved in events and things how, and then and then you started how, your podcast? Yeah, how did your podcast start? I don't even know this story. Oh, you don't? No. That's weird because you've been around I was on it, I think, yeah. one time or something. <laughs> no, yeah, I was so, on the I was on the radio with you. Yeah. That's what I was. So I the way the yeah. podcast came about, in a different chapter of my life, so, I was a letter carrier. What's for your the what's your podcast for people that don't It's know. called the Soul Anarchist Podcast. And so many years ago, I was a letter carrier for the in the downtown post office here. And this was back during the 2008, 2012, uh, that range of time. And I was following, as we mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a libertarian. And I was following Ron Paul's uh, race for the presidency. And I got really, really frustrated with the way the media just completely discounted him left and right. That being said... Um, his followers made it really easy to do that with their stupid bedsheet signs and all of that. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, <laughs> uh, but anyway, but his ideas were so fantastic and, and so I think widely applicable. I got really frustrated with, with how that all went. And I just walking down the street one day, I, I thought, you know what, somehow, some, some way, I don't know how this will ever happen because I'm just a photographer and a mailman. That's all I do. I'm going to get involved in the media somehow and put the sex back in libertarianism. I, I just made up my mind one day. I'm like, no clue what that'll look like. And at the same time, I was um, around that same time. I had been listening to a lot of podcasts by, uh, you know, like Joe Rogan's early stuff, Adam Carolla. Um, what's his name? Uh, Mark, Mark Marin. And uh, I the school teacher guy. Yeah. Bit. School sucks podcast. Yeah. Brett Vinat. That was one of the first ones I listened to. And, I started getting really interested in stand-up comedy. I mean, I, I always loved it growing up, but I ended up um, starting to do stand-up. And I would go to the open mic nights and sit in the back and watch. And I you know, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this for, for a little bit. And then I started doing it, which... Um, you know, was really a masochistic thing to do. And, uh, but from there I, uh, I had this buddy I do stand up with and we used to, we'd do it three or four nights a week. And, uh, we crafted up this, this idea that someday I wanted to do a talk show. I wanted to do a, a like a, a show in the spirit of David Letterman or Johnny Carson and have it be some kind of like a late night talk show live on stage, live bands, stand up comedians, local celebrities, and have it be maybe a little more purpose driven. Um, and I, I figured that I would just do that maybe five or seven years later when I was better at all these things. And one night I, uh, I was at a party with, uh, some of the guys that ran the Metro music, well, Metro club before it was Metro music hall. And, uh, they like the old location <laughs> right? across from bricks. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I used to live right there on that, on that street. And, um, so I, you know, frequented with that circle a lot. And one day they, uh, they said, Hey, you know, um, we think you should do an open mic night for us. And I was just drunk enough to be honest and said, that sounds really boring. I don't want to do that, but I have this other idea. And, and I told them about the idea and they said, that sounds amazing. Let's go talk to Jeff Hacker, who still is an amazing. amazing person. I love Jeff. I uh, went and talked to him the next day. He said, if anybody can do this, you can, this is the best idea I've heard all year. Let's do this. 
And so I just jumped into it. I had no experience in this, no idea what I was doing. And 35 days later, I was on stage in front of a sold-out club with like Rocky Anderson, um, a live house band, a couple of great comedians, and uh, it. And so we just started doing it month after month. And that's where that's where I met Paul that, actually, yeah, because he brought me in as a sponsor to that. Yeah, and and it was really early in that process. Steve right. and I met. Yeah, and then from that point, um, I. It's, this is all tying into the podcast question. I uh, was basically given a radio show on KTalk AM 630. So I was did this uh, daytime talk radio six hours a week. And then that folded into a podcast. And when I when I started doing the, the radio show, I knew from the very second I walked into that studio that this was going to be a temporary thing. Um, but that I would someday roll that into a podcast format. And that's what happened about two years later. So... That is how that all happened. That's amazing. So, do you still deliver mail? <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Only when it comes to his house by accident and it really goes to the neighbor. <laughs> Just a good question. I so, how did you get involved in photography? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you did that before being a mailman. Yeah, so f- the photography thing that a couple of chapters prior, um, I was. This is back in my married days. Uh, my really my first love in life is music. I had a music scholarship at Utah State University. I played in the jazz band up there. I had some. I've been in a lot of different bands, and um, I music was a huge, huge part of my life. And when I came home from my mission, I got I got the band back together, started working hard again, and. Um, the short story is that that didn't work out too well with my new marriage. My wife at the time didn't value being at rehearsal until midnight every night the same way I did. And uh, so I quit the band to try and keep peace at home. To all of you out there, all of you artists that are listening right now, do not do this. <laughs> do not do it. Just leave your spouse. Just, just find a spouse yeah. that will support it. Yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just don't I'm make this compromise. Learn from me. That being said... Um, I needed a creative outlet after that. And so I took up photography just as a hobby because it's something I didn't, I could do on my own time. I'd always been a little bit curious about it. And I ended up having a couple of really great, um, people who are good photographers who knew how to give really good feedback, uh, in my life at that point. And they, they were instrumental in me learning how to do it. And it eventually kind of snowballed into a full-time profession. So. And are you like portrait photography, landscape photography? Yeah, mostly portrait. Um, I've done, you know, over the years I've shot countless weddings. If I never shoot another wedding again in my life, it'll be too soon. That's how I feel about making wedding cakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mostly it's been portraiture. So I think people are really interesting. What if, what if someone said, we want you to shoot our wedding, but it's in Hawaii? I would quote you a price that I would <laughs> that would make me feel really good. <laughs> and if you paid it, then we'd all feel good. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys met through the Metro then and through the show? Well, well through through the project he was putting together. I yeah. remember Paul sent me, a, I think, an email. Just yeah. a random email and said, hey, I've got this project I'm doing. Um, would you talk to me about it? And this is in the early days of, uh, do you remember what year that was? 2013. So 2013. So, um, Ogden zone was three years old and, um, we probably just came out with five wives about that time. And, uh, so, you know, Ogden zone kind of started on a shoestring and 
uh, our basic MO as we've moved forward is we've gotten more grandiose with things. And I don't think we'd ever taken on a project quite like that at the time. And, uh, and I met with Paul. We met at Poplar, mm-hmm. um, had a couple beers. I liked him, thought he was a good guy and thought, you know, let's, um, he's reaching a part of the city that we hadn't really reached yet, uh, that I knew of. And, you know, basically this, it's a networking game, right? I mean, any sales of any type of product is just getting more people to know who you are and to like you and trust you and you'll want to support you and that sort of thing. And so we've, we're always, um, you know, supporting people out there and uh paul was one of the early people we supported Mm -hmm. um and uh we became fast friends you know and have been friends ever since and been to burning man a couple times together and worked on other (laughs) kinds of projects and um there we are you know i think paul's described it sometimes we're creative partners in a way we've worked on you know five wives projects together Mm -hmm. worked on this project so just uh just on I talked about you the other day in a meeting for my work. Me personally? No, Ogden's okay. own. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy, the guy that was on the call, doing, running it from one of the insurance carriers. I work in insurance. Um, was like, yeah, I, I think we we uh, insure all the distilleries there. And I'm like, well, how many distilleries do you insure? Oh, four. It's like. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, there's like 13 now. So. I, I don't think that's right, sir. And, and he's growing. like, he's and like, growing. we do one up in Ogden. I said, is Ogden's own? Yeah. yeah. Like, are you sure? Like, like, I, I think so. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I mean, but it was just funny because he's he from Cincinnati. He, no, he's, he's from here. Oh, like okay. he's lives in Sandy or something. Oh. Like you really think that there's four distilleries? Yeah, well, he goes to church. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was the, he's like, maybe we should talk. I'm like, maybe we should, because if I can name more distilleries than you, just because of my <laughs> podcast and you're trying to tell me that you're the best insurance carrier for distilleries, that's a big no for me. <laughs> But yeah, so I was, I just was talking about you this week in one of my Zoom, well, not this week, last week, I guess, in my Zoom meeting, because I was like, ooh, is it Ogden's own? So can we get a quick update on Ogden's own? Because you guys have had a lot of changes over the last three and a half years. (laughs) What's happened in three and a half years? So Uh, let me ask this. Can you drink the hand sanitizer that you get in your (laughs) mouth? Oh, you can. (laughs) But should you? If you you don't want to see, (laughs) then maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you shouldn't be drinking our hand sanitizer. Or any hand sanitizer. It's yeah, not just true. Yours. It's true. That's, true. Problem, I think. that's wise, sage advice there. Um, so Ogden's Own in three years, what have we done? We've released some new products, Madame Paterini Gin. We've released some new flavored whiskeys. We've released a, a Porter's Rye um, straight whiskey. We've been building a massive new complex um, that we've just moved into in the last month. So if you're most people, our history is we started in a garage, basically, um, probably not much bigger than the studio space we're in here, about 15, 1800 square feet. And then we moved to a 6,400 square foot, like metal building. And that's where we've been for about the last six years. And we finally reached a point where we were growing out of that. And we, um, you know, we've been doing great. We're, you know, that's a good problem to have. It is, um, except when you see the mortgage payment that comes along <laughs> with solving that problem, right? And so we've built a new 34,000 square foot facility, wow. um, that's going to have a bar in it eventually. 
Um, we're going to have uh, an outdoor amphitheater for a live outdoor music venue. That's pretty much complete, and except for the electric, which I got the um, bid for today. Which so we'll <laughs> see. Awesome. We'll see how fast that uh, comes together. But um, yeah, moved into this facility, and um, we did it in the midst of all the COVID stuff that was happening, and and really the last um, nine weeks, ten weeks has been just an amazing time frame for our company in that um, the feds gave us authorization as a distillery to make hand sanitizer. They actually gave any distillery the authorization to make hand sanitizer on March 18th, I believe it was. By March 19th, we had hand sanitizer in in containers and selling it at our door. And if you guys remember back then, it was there was no hand sanitizer Anywhere. or toilet paper to be found, right? Well, toilet paper is still paper? struggling to come back. And uh, so, I mean, we literally had <laughs> wait, people. Wait, what did you just ask? Huh? <laughs> what? Sorry. Yes, why they were making toilet paper too? Well, that's a little harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does it quite fall in line with it's the business actually, model? It's yeah. very interesting. That is the date that they gave that because. The announcement from Herbert to start shutting things down came on March 13th. I only remember that because I went to a concert that right. night. It was, the, <laughs> it was the day of the earthquake. So yeah. I literally say the day the earthquake happened, and you guys don't probably know this. You might, but I was shaken. I was shaken. Yep. If you see, I live on the 21st floor. My blinds incredible. were moving like two feet, right? And so that day, I normally don't come to work. I, I usually work from home on Wednesdays. And I was like, I am the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove up to Ogden just to literally feel like I had a safe place to work that day. And about 3 o'clock that afternoon, we got this memo from the FDA, or not from the FDA, from the TTB, the um, Tobacco um, Tax Bureau, who controls alcohol industry. And it said, you know, you guys are authorized to make hand sanitizer. And so we jumped on it like... Did they just send that out to everybody? To licensees, yeah. So here's the funny part of that. Um, Funny, ha-ha. We jumped right on it. And like I said, by Friday afternoon, we're selling hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. And the FDA shows up at 5 o'clock going like, "Uh, what are you guys doing? I said, we're making and selling hand sanitizer. Exactly. Here's our letter from the TTB. And they're going, well, we're the FDA. We haven't said anything about that. And we're like, can't you guys talk to each other? You know, like, who trusts you? <laughs> and they take a lab sample. And that was the last we heard from them, you know. And it was, and we did get the results like that they, it checked out, you know. Um, you weren't selling just booze. Right. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so we jumped in at full force. And since then, we've made somewhere around 25,000 gallons of hand sanitizer in the last 10, di- uh, 10, 10 weeks. And have you sold most of that already? Yeah. Yeah. We finally got caught up in the last couple of weeks. So we're really now what we're doing is we're kind of, well, it's, it's a cra- it's what I've learned through this process is how fragile the whole economic ecosystem is, right? Because the moment that everybody starts making hand sanitizer, what do you need for hand sanitizer? Stuff to put it in. And bottles. So and suddenly stuff. you can't get containers. You can't get pumps. You can't get anything. So um, we went through a period of time there where, you know, we could have, well, and then you can't make ing- get ingredients because everybody's hoarded the ingredients, All right? Glycol. And stuff. Yeah, and uh, glycerin and, and hydrogen peroxide. We had bought every bottle of hydrogen peroxide in northern Utah from every Walmart from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from Bountiful <laughs> North, <laughs> right? Crazy. Funny story. One one of my guys goes in to get hand sa- or um, 
hydrogen peroxide. He's got the basket and he goes in and he uh, wheels it over the hydrogen peroxide and he literally puts his arm Arms around his, and this guy walks up to him and goes, hey, can I get a couple of those? And he looks at him and goes, well, he, yeah, I guess. Why do you need them? He goes, I don't know, but you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, like, you know, that's the toilet paper mentality. It's like, sure. holy crap. Yep, that's the well, somebody's buying, buying yep. all that. I better get some that's just why, in case. That's why the laundry bleach went out of the shelves, too. So oh, to know. inject it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're shining the sunshine up your ass, you know, you just inject a little bleach. Right. It's fine. So, um, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy. Um, and then, you know, uh, about um, 10, well, no, it's been about a month now. So what's the date today? So it's been three weeks. We've been in our new building for three weeks. So we moved in the midst of all of this and everything. But, I mean, we had gotten so crazy about demand, and, you know, we, we did a good job publicizing that we were doing it, so people were coming. And we had a, a line out the door, you know, 20 people deep all day, most days for a while. But there was a point where we needed a mass amount of um, um, ingredients, and we had a tanker truck pull up. I heard all about that. Tanker and truck. it <laughs> is it, it literally like blocked our whole building. Like you couldn't see our building behind the tanker truck, and it was like, holy crap, we're pumping all this stuff in here, and it was just nuts. It, but that's uh, that's what I've been up to. But also, yeah. you guys just—I don't know if it happened today or getting run, ready for your second run down to. The Navajo Nation oh, delivery, right? Yeah. So, uh, what we've done with the Navajo Nation is, um, I read the New York Times every day, and um, I was touched by an obit um, about six weeks ago of a young Navajo woman she who was- had wanted to be like the future leader of the Navajo Nation, and she was like 28 years old with a couple kids, and she had passed away from COVID. And so as I, I kept following the stories of what were going, was going on down there, I just thought, you know, um, the, the, the death rate, the infection rate, the infection rate in the Navajo Nation is about one in every 34 people. In New York City, it was about one in 60, roughly. And so that tells you how bad it is down there. Um, and then I learned that about 40% of the population does not have running water, which mm. tells you why you can't wash your hands for 20 seconds if you don't have running water. So I, I thought, how can we help? And, um, we had been contacted by a bunch of different people saying, can you make some donations to our cause? And I, I just went, you know, I'm getting tired of dealing with these onesie twosie things. Let's, let's do something to make a difference. So we literally just loaded up 500 gallons of hand sanitizer. I put it in, I I went to U-Haul and said, can you make me a good deal on a trailer to drop down there? And I got my truck and I just drove it down and uh, contacted somebody, one of the chapter houses and literally just dropped it off to them. And since then, um, I put a little thing on our on our uh, Squarespace page, our our, uh, our website, and I said, you know what, we will donate at cost hand sanitizer to the hands uh, the Navajo Nation to anybody who donates. Donate five bucks, we don't care. We'll turn it into hand sanitizer on your behalf. And so last week we flew down, working with um, with stranger or with love from strangers and Angel Flight pilots. We flew down, I think. Um, seven or eight different airplane flights full of hand sanitizer to seven different regions down wow. there. Wow! And so that was an, that was two thousand gallons. Wow! Um, two thousand gallons. We flew down last week, and then we had a group out of uh, mid uh, no Midway Midway 
um, who had contacted me about a week earlier and said, we're going to take a load down this week. If you guys have any to take, we'll take some. And they came up and got 280 gallons yesterday. So, so, so we're just doing what we can. And you know, that, that the flight stuff and the stuff that went yesterday was all generated from our friends and, and, and people who have supported it and made a donation on the site. So we can't take credit for anything other than making it, you know, um, on that end. That's, um, those people have, you know, covered the cost of that. We didn't make any money. We don't, you know, the labor's all donated everything. Um, so yeah, we plan on making more and, you know, I mean, schools are going to be opening down there. The hospitals still have a need and, and we've been lucky enough to um, actually, you know, do okay during this when a lot of places haven't. And to be able to give that to an area that, one, is our neighbor, mm-hmm. um, and two, is so ravaged by it that um, I don't think we'll be stopping anytime soon. I do have good news. It came out last Thursday that the uh, Senate passed a bill that would uh, fund water infrastructure down there so very cool yeah yeah it only, I, only takes like half the population dying from a pandemic for that oh now that there's only half of you it's a little less expensive so <laughs> we'll go ahead and give you some water but, so but, but, but let me throw this out there yeah, that did get dark let me throw this out there the, <laughs> the fucking people in flint flint michigan right. still don't right. have water right. they still don't fucking have good water right so and, and but i bet they can wash their hands at least like i don't know that your water has to be clean you just have to be able to wash with soap Right. They basically have magna water. And by the way, the people in magna still have magna water. (laughs) Yeah, those earthquakes just didn't strike hard enough to break the pipes, you know. Oh, my gosh. My ex-husband lives down there, and he was one of the guys that had to not use his water for a while because of the dead raccoon. (laughs) Raccoon tea. I was like, hey, at least in Kearns there's no raccoons in the water. It might have been better. (laughs) Yeah, the crazy thing about the Navajo area right now is the challenge is... is referred to as the last mile, right? You can get all these goods down there, but people live out in such rural areas that it's um, it's very tough yeah, to they're, do that. They're you know. twenty miles away from. And they so, don't have a way to get to where the supply is, and so that water infrastructure becomes key because you're not going to run water lines to all these houses that are you know spread out everywhere, but having a central location for people to come pick it up, and that's what we actually ended up doing is delivering down to what they call the Navajo Engineering. Um, committee, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what it is. NECA is what it's referred to. But they're the people who go out and try to um, get water to people. And so to have hand sanitizer to take down there, too, is, is great. So that's, that's freaking awesome. Then they can use the water to drink instead of wash their hands for 20 seconds. So, yeah. And speaking of COVID, that's part of why we're here, right? You guys have this great oh, yeah. space, this great, <laughs> this great photography studio, and you guys have, have started a project. Well, the place that I saw him first was when Derek and Jen posted their picture. Yeah. And we're actually missing one of your photographers yes. tonight. Nick yes. wasn't able Nick to join. Nick Sokoloff. But he's incredible as well. You guys have started a yeah, project. Yeah, but we don't care about him because he's not here. Yeah, he's a loser. You, <laughs> you started a project called Capturing COVID um, where you're, I mean, first off, explain to me why you guys started it and how you came up with it. Um, I guess I'm responsible for that. And um, as I said earlier, my background is photojournalism. And I've I've been photographing drag queens for um, about four or five years as kind of a project that I do. And because of my background, it's kind of... It's kind of like Paul and his podcasting. No matter what you, he's doing, he's going to be doing his podcasting, right? It's, it's photography is just a part of me. And so with drag shows, drag shows were kind of my creative outlet to go and, and, you know, at least even if I 
skipped a week or two, I could, you know, go, oh, yeah, there's a drag show. I'll go shoot. And it gets that. It's like going out and golfing, right? You just go out and do it. And or heroin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or heroin. heroin. Yeah, yeah. Can't get any acid, so I had to go do something else. <laughs> and uh, so I... Um, I, you know, things were shut down and I'd walked the city and shot it vacant. And I was thinking, I heard somebody on the, on the radio say, um, that one of the, I think it was the university of Utah was looking for their special collections for people just to donate photos to this from this time period. And I thought, well, man, that's going to be kind of shitty if they get just everybody's Instagram photos. Right. So let's do something a little more formal. Yeah. That's really what ran through my head. I said, I, you know, I know some talented people. Let's see if we can do something that's a little more formal and kind of when people look back at this in a hundred years, they'll get a sense of the, the time and who the people were and, and what was happening. And so, um, this is when we were all still pretty isolated and I, I messaged uh, Nick, um, who I've known for 20 plus years. We both worked at the standard examiner in the mid nineties together. He slept on my floor for like a month when he first moved here. And, um, he's, you know, he's a f- professional photographer. That's what he does here in town. And, um, uh, messaged Paul and said, Hey, you guys want to jump on a, a zoom call? And I just presented to him this idea of why don't we, you know, why don't we do this? Um, uh, what else are we doing? You know, um, these guys weren't doing anything. I was busy as shit. So <laughs> we're building a building. And so wait, was that yeah, a passing slam? He, no, no, but you know, they. Uh, to be honest with you, know, I told them up front. I said, I, I think this is a good idea and it's worth doing it. But I don't want to be the lead. I, I want to be. Um, I want to come and do it. And you know, and we had a meeting here. And we kind of set up what we kind of wanted our lighting to be and and how to go about it. And Paul worked really hard on developing all our questions. And Nick. Um, did all our Facebooking and, and stuff. And so I got to st- step back and, and, and just come along for the ride. And it's been, it's been fun. Sometimes that's kind of fun when you love something to just be able to participate in it instead of organize it. Because when you're organizing, we talked about the CEO, CEO thing. You didn't, you just, you didn't want to be the CEO, the, no, the chief, and, everything officer. And, of and to their um, um, credit, they heard that and have, uh, let me just come down and participate. Um, you know, there's one thing we've, you know, we're just good guys. We're, we're not looking for credit for anything. We're, um, we don't put our own personal credits on any of the photos. Um, it's all, it's just a, it's, it's just a, a project we agreed to do as a group. And, um, so explain know. it a little bit more. For, I'll for turn folks. it over to Paul cause now I'm done. <laughs> cause now he's the CEO. <laughs> it's a, it's a simple idea. You know, we, we invite people to come in and have their portrait done and we invite them to come in dressed in a way that is representative of their co their quarantine experience. Uh, we ask people, we have five or six questions, um, that we ask them to, you know, respond to at least a couple of. Some people go on at length. Some people offer very short responses, but everybody gets a chance to, um, share their, a little bit of their experience, both, um, in the word and with their face. And yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. That's really cool because, um, like Jessica's kind of, she's a, she's a cake artist, but she also takes some really cool just pictures that I, when I follow her and she's, she's very artistic and I am not like, I am not, I, I can organize you until you're, you know, you have a schedule on when you're shitting, but I, I can't do anything artistic. And so it's really cool. It's, it, 
when I can see stuff like that because this has a, last Saturday at about <laughs> but this hasn't this somebody hasn't, light the car on fire <laughs> right. hasn't been super stressful on me but I did realize a few weeks ago that my anxiety level is a lot higher than I thought it was hmm. because I'm just sitting at home and so I didn't realize how anxious it was until I mm-hmm. had this weird meltdown at work and my boss took it really great and he like talked me through it and like fixed the situation but I got thinking wow I am like right on the edge. What the heck? There's nothing like there's nothing other than not going to work. Not much has changed in my life, but for some reason my anxiety is right out there. So it's really cool to see kind of some of everybody else's take on this so that you, cause they keep saying alone together, alone together. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But when you actually can see that Mm -hmm. you really do feel like, okay, there are other people that are actually feeling exactly the way I'm feeling and they're not like, this is cool. I, nice I think that's been the, yeah. the most um, eye-opening thing for us is that everybody's experience is unique to them to an extreme. And once you get to that extreme, they have other people who have reached that extreme, if that makes sense. So there's people who are hyper lonely, hyper... Um, sad, hyper, and, and, and it, they took their own path to that place. But boy, once they read what other people are writing about their situation, they realize so many other people got there as well. And there are other people who are thriving. Like, you know, I would say I've thrived during this time period, right? Um, just based due to the situation I was in. I have a friend who, um, I photographed her and her kids. Gave her a chance to finish school, be focused on online education. Um, she interviewed for a new job. She's coming out of this like totally different place than she went in. Um, and it again, just based on situation and what was available to her at the time, right? And um, I think that without words, this wouldn't have been. You know, I'm a firm believer in the power of photography, but without words, I don't think this would have. Um, uh, ben is powerful. It's the, both for the sure. The ability of people to tell their story and to vent it. Um, I think Paul's got a great story that was the, uh, the cover photo of um, when our City Weekly we, we ran, um, City Weekly ran like a 12 mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. spread on it. And you can tell about the, yeah, the guy. Yeah, David Salvatore. He came in and, um, you know, he got vulnerable. And he told the truth about where he was really at. And it was a really dark place. You know, he talked about how, how lonely he's been. And, um, it was, you know, he, uh, his mother passed away a couple of years ago and I guess they were very, very close. And, you know, he's, he's been wrestling with loneliness, having come out of a divorce a couple of years ago and his mother passing away and, and, uh, not having any other humans in his immediate world. Uh, it was really, really tough for him. And he, but he came in, he, he got really vulnerable both in his in his writing about what where he was at and uh, also in his photograph you know he didn't pull any punches and so it was uh it was a beautiful thing that's one of my favorite things about photography is when somebody will tell the truth to the lens because um you know as as humans when we get as we grow up you know one of the reasons i love photographing children is that they're so honest you know what you see is what you get but after about maybe age five or six, they learn to lie or they learn more, maybe a better way to put it. They learn what the right answers are supposed to be 
for how they're feeling and what they're experiencing. And we, we, we condition <laughs> that into them, you know, so they can be well behaved kids, big finger air quotes. And, um, so to get an adult into the studio and to get them back into a place where they can just be raw and, and honest about where they're at, that's, uh, I think a really beautiful thing. And it's a brave thing, you know? Also something about, um, you guys as, as the photographers taking down the information that you're not, that you're, you're, you're seeing it from just, uh, I can't think of the word that I want. You're just, you're literally just looking at it. You're not judging it. You're not asking them for anything in particular. You're just saying, just come and, and do this for me and I will tell your story. Objective. Cause you don't, you don't see it so much anymore where somebody isn't putting some sort of, mm-hmm. of play on what they want. You're, oh, you're going to cry. Okay. We're going to, we're going to play into that. Or, oh, you're going to, you know, be stoic. Okay. We're going right. to, it's just, it, there's no stamp of Paul on it. It's all yeah. that person. Uh, you know, um, Richard Avedon, one of my photographic heroes often says that he goes, sometimes I think my pictures are just pictures of me because when you, click the shutter has more to do with That's what me you're because I'm seeing a part yeah. of me in them. But one of the things I love about this project is what you were kind of getting at is uh, the ability that, you know, to tell people like, you don't need to look pretty. You don't need to smile. You don't need to do anything. Just, it's, just stand there. And it's the easiest photography ever. <laughs> I love it. it really, really. It's yeah. like you walk out with 20 shots you really like because no one's worried about their smile. They're no, they're, they've got their mask on there. <laughs> if their eyes look good, they're happy. It's, 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 there's no self criticism that's yeah. happening. It's, it's pretty amazing. And th- there's no standard to look pretty or to look beautiful or there's no, there's none of that on the line. And I, I, I yeah, I've, I've, it's been really gratifying. I, there have been so many images I've just loved and it's been hard to pick out the one right. out of each uh, each um, session to to publish. You know, there have been many instances where I'm like, God, there's five of these. I think tell so much about this person, but got to narrow it down. So, <laughs> <laughs> and your plans for this is a book? Is that correct? You know, I, I, it's a numbers game. We've got to get more people down here to participate, and you know, it. I I I think about it every day. Like what's happening in society? Like you know, the COVID rate. Um, the infection rate's going up right now. So, yeah. um, as what are we five or something now? Well, it went back down today. Well, um, it's still in the two hundred. Yeah, it's trending yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, but like the last couple of days, it was like five hundred and six. Yeah, but I think like in the nation, like we're second. Is it two now? Yep. And it, it just that was a few days ago. So yeah, but that's mostly the meatpacking plant, right? But so. still. Um, yeah, we want, Loganites. We, we want to get yeah. more pr- people to participate so that we do have like, you know, the content for a book. I would say we've shot at least a hundred people. Yeah. I, I think we need to be, I hate to say this number, but 300, you know, for a good book. So, um, so how do people get in touch with you guys? To, so on to Facebook, you can go to, um, facebook.com slash capturing COVID SLC. You can tell the people that work on this podcast and, and the people that just show up and put some headphones on. <laughs> to be fair, at least it was Jeremy's idea. The only reason I'm on this podcast is because the studio is in my so, basement. <laughs> what we have on there is a, a, a link to a Google Doc form where we put when we're going to be here and available for photos. And so basically you just sign up for a half hour block. It's quick. I mean, I'm done with most people in 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you, um, we, you, sh- you shoot how Cat Palmer does. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not normally. She, this is only when you're wearing a mask. <laughs> this is a special circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he does yeah. make you take off your clothes like Cat often does. So. That was only one time. <laughs> I don't make you. <laughs> now, if that's your COVID story, uh, hey. Right. You know, and, but that, that is funny. You know, I, I think I go back to the words because... Um, there are people who have written the stuff that I thought was so naked, right? I was like, you know, this one woman who I'd never met before, she just put her name down and came down and participated and she gets back and I, she hadn't, she hadn't filled out the questionnaire and I said, Oh, make sure you send that to me. I'm not going to publish any pictures, you know, without the, without the, the words. And she writes about how she's missed, you know, this, that and sex and, you know, and I was like, Okay, is this is this an um, an ad or is it, you know? Like, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, it's like, just this is what I, I put in back page. It's exactly. Good. I was like, okay, that's hey, good. On, you know, good on her for being honest. You know, um, and uh, but going, yeah. You know, the questions we have for you to fill out are just basically they're they're meant to trigger thoughts. You know, you can kind of go off in any direction you want um, from them, but to to just put people in a, in a frame of mind where they're thinking about, you know, the, their experience. Um, cause we're not interested in hearing stories. We're hearing, we're interested in hearing uh, of the experience. Right. And the other thing we've done is we've made a rule that we're not shooting, um, like group photos or family pics or okay. it's come in and be photographed as individuals or, you know, there's been some couples, um, but we're not, it's not the time to bring your friends and talk about how you went down to St. George and hung out at Sand Hollow and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so. So uh, I, 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 we're we're getting close to our time here. So I want to ask you guys, because you've been, you were on the show like three and a half years ago. So we'll ask you again, Mm -hmm. Steve, but. That's a different question. Yeah, we changed our question because another local podcast stole our question. Sons of bitches. We still do. Well, yeah, but. Was it the sole anarchist podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what fucking asshole runs that thing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Might know the guy though. Uh, So, so, uh, Paul, what's, um. What's one thing in Utah that you couldn't bear to part with? You've been here your whole life if you had to leave. <laughs> I couldn't bear to part with. Well, obviously my, my family that's here. That, that's the thing that kept me here. What about you, uh, Steve? Oh, my God. Um, what could I not bear to part with? I mean, I, 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 I object to the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to part with anything. That's one of the mental things I've done with my life is tried to make myself um, not be connected to anything physical or um, in, in an emotional way. And so, um, I mean, I love I love the people. I love Salt Lake. I love the community. I love all of that. But I also know that I could create that somewhere else, right? Um, so I, I think um, for the sake of staying on my detachment course i'm going to say i could leave here and survive with no problem and plan to do it one day on a boat to greece slow boat (laughs) (laughs) the the boat goes to china (laughs) when it's slow it goes to china yeah well you know i'll bring back goods (laughs) 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 no get stuck in (laughs) Oakland. right so 
Well, guys, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, no, thanks been, for having us. Yeah, thank it. you. It's been a pleasure. Um, if if you uh, if people want to get a hold of you for other things, um, you know, obviously we got the, the capturing COVID SLC on Facebook. Um, but for other things, you guys both do photography outside of that. Um, you run some small business, I think. So. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah. But how do people get a hold of you for for other things like getting mail delivered? Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, you find your stuff. I would just say um, info at ogdenzone.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I I have like a a Tumblr page for my webs for my photo. It's you know it's not you know porn or anything, but it is on Tumblr. That's but it is on Tumblr. Is <laughs> I you know hey. You might see some. Ugh. You might see some pictures late, of, of you know Ogden's Twitter, own stuff, and then you know. it's got a lot of drag and bands and that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so no porn though. No porn. I yeah, that's on something else. <laughs> <laughs> also on Tumblr, just that costs extra. Hot. I'm just telling you, <laughs> Tumblr is nothing but porn. Is that on your OnlyFans, Steve? <laughs> My OnlyFans page. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for a mere ninety nine cents a month, but if you buy now for three months, I'll give you three more months for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing now, you know. It is a months, thing three. for everyone it that is. every woman I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not? Well, not everyone. Well, <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Paul? How do people Paul find Juane? you? Uh, the best way, yeah, <laughs> probably, probably the easiest way to, to get in touch with my Uwane. my my different things. Go to pauldwayne.net. Not Paul Uwane. It, it, it's no. Dwayne. The reason we're pronouncing it, it's Dwayne with a with a U. D U A N E. Not D Wayne, right, but, yeah. but actually Dwayne. Yeah, it's P A U L D U A N E dot net. Pauldwayne.net. That's there's links to everything I do there. So are you gonna set up like a section of that site now for Uwane? Like your alter ego? Yeah, I think I'll start Paul writing Uwane. under that name. Yeah. yeah. Ghost writing. I'll start writing uh, erotica or something yes. to, to go along with Steve's yeah. OnlyFans page. Yeah. This is a great if idea. If I only had fans. You do. This is both a great idea. I love this. Uh, and if, if you guys want, you can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. It does work. Jeremy is barred from touching it. That's right. Um, more on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our oh. website's thenewutah.com. Do you guys have like. 30 more seconds? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. We have whatever time we want. <laughs> have Paul tell you quickly about how he became a Twitter celebrity. Well, listen, that no. was my last <laughs> That was actually my last comment here, That's if it. we have time, because okay. I followed that whole entire <laughs> thread, and it was incredible. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that. We can okay. close the show on that. All right. Mm-hmm. Stop. So, uh, yeah, I was on a, going to Florida on a business trip. We have to set this up. That Paul, was a whole hands Paul, to the face Paul, for, for everybody that can't people see. People don't know um, that are listening. Paul often wears nylons and heels. Amazing. Um, with a skirt type skirt looking thing and a business suit top. Oh, looking they're shorts. They're, they're shorts. They're shorts. They're bifurcated. They're flowing. Yes. Um, they're executive. And so he's often in this attire when he's... Um, serious about business exactly yeah. it's my business suit yes yes executive i believe is what eddie izzard called it yes yes something like that so i yeah i was going i was going to uh, i was going down to florida for a, a, a business trip and i decided to travel in style and uh yeah because why not 
So I did. It's easier to take your shoes off. Dude, I wear, right? I wear heels where almost oh, yeah. wherever I go. Oh, yeah. so. Heels at the TSA counter way easier for sure. Except so. for if you forget and walk through the, the thing because the steel, the, don't do that ladies and, and whoever and else decides to wear heels because yeah. there's steel in your shoes. Okay. Right. There is. So that's what I did. And I went down, uh, the trip came and went without incident, came home about a week later. I get a, uh, a, a message from one of my friends. He's like, dude, you've gone viral. And he sends me a link. You didn't even know your friend let I, you know? Yeah, I had no idea. That's amazing. I had no idea. And in, in the course of this day, I started getting um, like people sending me messages saying, oh my gosh, you went viral and I'm getting tagged in things. And what, I, what, what happened is some guy from New York um, that has a TikTok account saw me at baggage claim in Fort Lauderdale, right? Of all the places, like I thought anything goes in man. Florida, right? <laughs> yeah. So the Florida man gets his bags today. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he just films me like walking over towards baggage claim. It's, it's not even, I don't know. It's just so boring to me, but, uh, and then from there it jumped over to Twitter and some other woman picked it up and, uh, that has a moderate following and, and, uh, she's very right wing woman. Very right wing. Yeah. Like a Donald Trump yes. loving Midwestern, you know, that, that oh. type of person. And, uh, she, she tries to be a bit snarky and is like, can anybody tell me what this is? Yep. And then Twitter proceeded to answer the question. <laughs> yep. Okay. For hours. For millions and millions. <laughs> it, like at present, that that video between TikTok and Twitter has over 11 million views. Good Lord. And, and, and it's just you walking to get your it's luggage? It's so boring. It's, yeah, he's just yeah. walking. It's yep. really boring. It's just I'm me. on TikTok and Twitter, and I have not Yeah, seen I'm just moseying over to baggage claim. That's it for 15 seconds. That's all it is. Was well, it the shoes? Were they like... They went nuts over everything. Like, and it, 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 I, I was actually a little nervous to read the Twitter comments at first because, I mean, I, I hadn't spent... I've never been much of a Twitter guy, but I'd known enough to know that it's a bit of a dumpster fire. Yeah, don't most read comments is usually the don't read comments. But I got curious finally and started started reading them. And you know, three was, days later, right? I mean, my phone was just blowing up constantly. I went from having thirteen hundred followers to two days later having almost thirteen thousand followers, and uh, and most most of the, the comments were really nice. I would say about eighty five percent of people were really nice and supportive and thought it was great. Um, and you know, about 15% had, you know, really shitty things to say. And, uh, what's been interesting then is over the past couple months, as those people, my new followers have found out what I'm really like, they've friends. been unfollowing. Exactly. You mean you don't wear those cute shoes all They're the like, time? What's this live and let live thing? We don't do that here in Twitter. They're totally not into that. So you didn't they, shit on that cop car. Fuck you. Exactly. Yeah. When I, it came across my Twitter feed because I, we have mutual friends, I'm sure. And I was like, I know somebody like that. And then I started reading it and I was like, it's Paul. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited for you that it went viral. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It like, yeah. So that, that was that story. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing story. Thank you, Steve, for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah. I just couldn't let that. I'm glad. Go. Well, thanks guys for joining us. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. <laughs>